Welcome to the Scale Model Podcast. In this podcast, we aim to entertain, inform, and promote the hobby of scale model kit building with interviews, reviews, and news about the hobby. The podcast is available bi-weekly where your favorite podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also get it from our website at scalemodelpodcast.com, where you can find show notes, photo gallery, and so much more. You can also subscribe to get notifications on all our updates, new episodes, and video content. Please support the Scale Model Podcast on Patreon. Patreon supporters enjoy early access to content and exclusive contests. Your Patreon support helps us to offset hosting and other costs to bring the podcast to you. Welcome to episode 121 of the Scale Model Podcast, sponsored by Call TV Man, Sean's Custom Model Tools, and Return to Kit Form. I'm your host, Stuart, and I'm once again, I am joined with a full house tonight. I am so blessed. It's like the true summer has arrived, you know, and uh, yeah, that voice you heard with the smirk is obviously from the North Shore of Lake Erie, where occasionally he makes an appearance, but his social calendar, at least for our IPMS London Clubs meeting, has, has prevented it. And apparently will next month as well, Mr. Jeff Highland, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good to see all of you guys. What a what a it's always nice to have a full house. I'll tell exactly. You. And then also from west of Chicago land, where he has a brand new puppy. We'll talk about that later. Mr. Terry Measley. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, good evening. And then of course, from back from his second world tour, where he was apparently the rumor was there was wrestling and midgets involved. And that's we'll just leave it at that. Mr. Anthony Goodman. You can't say midgets, Stuart. I, little, I, I, you little people. Little people. Oh well, man. Miniature models. Figures. Oh. Figures. You know, how are you, Mr. Goodman? Yeah, what did you I'm, think he I'm meant? Great. What did you think he meant? I mean, I think great. now we need an apology. I hereby apologize. Right about IPMS's uh, feelings. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Oh, it's going to be, you know, you know, it's going to be one of these shows already. See, it's always when Anthony's here. Yes. You notice that, gentlemen? It just, yeah, I bring you know, a certain zest to the show. Okay. Well, bring, as you say, bring, bring, a level bring down. down. Bring down bring or bring up. Yeah, exactly. No, Anthony, great, great More to have spice. you back. Great. So, Anthony, first Thanks, of all, guys. we'll just say that things are yeah. doing well. Yeah, things are good. I've been super busy. Um, yeah, I, we were just talking earlier. I, I'm hoping I can contribute more to the show. I got a, a bit more time freed up. I mean, there's time really free. But anyway, uh, well, I'm hoping uh, to, to join in a bit more. I should point out your interviews that that that, that you did from Wonderfest were wonderful. We really Actually, yeah, enjoyed those. Yep. Yep. You had the intro time. of you and you and Terry, you and Terry there. Uh, you know, yep. yeah, from what we heard at Wonderfest was a fabulous time as always. And oh, it was really good. Do you want? Do you, I know you've already gone through. You had a, well, a really decent review. Congratulations! Yeah. yeah con well, first of all, congratulations on all the Thank awards. You. I think you said you won more awards for one dude at Wonderfest than anyone else ever, or something uh, it, to that it, it effect. It was a. Uh, I. I. What, the one. The one of the guys who was working the contest room said, "I think that you won the most awards." So, not that that there's any. There's no special standing for that, but he was just commenting like, wow, I don't think anyone else like beat you metal wise. Mm -hmm. I did have a great year. It's now it's been a while since I've been there. So I obviously had a few mm -hmm. builds ready to go. And uh, yeah, I had nine entries and I meddled for all nine of them. Wow. Uh, four golds, which it's, it's a huge, uh, I feel very proud of that. It was a, uh, that was very meaningful to me. Uh, four golds, I think 
three silvers and two bronzes. And, uh, but most notably, I did get the best category for anime and the best category for mm -hmm. Mecca. And so, of course, very humbled by that, very blown away. Um, yeah, yeah and I very should, pleased. yeah, I should note that those, I don't think I judged any of those, but, um, they would not necessarily, they would not have been judged all by the same people. And the special awards are, are done either by the, the staff, so head judge type, or, um, a, a specific person who sponsors it awesome. they may they may award do that on their own so they go in there and they look at everything of course they're gonna they may ask the judges would show me the you know, the golds or something like that but that's not always the case it's not always a gold that gets those things it's something that catches their eye right yeah wow. and in fact in the so i i was a, there was a bit of confusion um the my brown um with the sun downer uh vf4 lightning that did did place a gold which I'm very happy about, and it did. Uh, it won the best of anime category, and then uh, my uh, it was a smaller uh, Gundam Mecha. Uh, it was a what am I thinking about? It's right here. I'm gonna say you don't even remember the kit. Yeah. The fun gold. It's, oh my god. Yeah. So the other one though was a, a little GM that I did. It was a, kind of my own creation. It was a little bit of a it's an in-universe kind of subject, but it's a little GM sniper, and it mm -hmm. placed silver, but won the best of mecha category. So that was what Terry was referring to, where the I, it was more more than likely the um, sponsor who who just happened to like that. So um, yeah, again, I'm really flattered. It's a it's a it's a, it's a great feeling to actually uh, show up and get placed. Uh, let me tell you some funny stories about Wonderfest. Sure. If if I may, I'll give of you, my, you my quick. Uh, let's talk about Warnerfest. I mean, it's such a huge show. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I I don't think there's any problems uh, giving it a little extra cards, but a great experience. Really, met met ton of great people. Caught up with a lot of people. Tons of really awesome seminars. Um, I got to say, the ones I attended to, and I, you know, I didn't even realize. I should thank Terry because Terry actually has a hand in organizing all of those things yes and uh i didn't really i know you were helping out at them but i didn't realize how in-depth you were in terms of uh yeah of, except uh, actually organizing I, them. I stepped in to get a few more uh this year because yeah. uh, with brian being in the hospital at the time um yeah yeah uh, and i thought they were excellent too i you know i've not always gone to all the demos but i think this this batch was was really nice we talked a little bit about it yeah. a month ago right um it was it was great next year i want to do the same thing on the finishing side i want to have nice. most of them focused on finishing awesome yeah awesome yeah they were really great we won't rehash them uh, i really thoroughly enjoyed them they're like part of my favorite uh aspect of the show and uh oh, i did catch lauren lauren michaels <laughs> the, right? no no that's not right lauren uh, uh, lauren green Saturday Night Live. Lauren different Lauren. Green. Not Lauren Green. <laughs> different Lauren no, Green. Different Lauren Green. Lauren Green, the the ILM uh, chief no. model maker. I caught a couple of his presentations, and that was pretty no. fascinating stuff. Uh, that that was really neat. And there's honestly there's stuff I missed. There's so much good content. Um, there's things that I missed, and uh, yeah, it was a blast. I'm also I was really uh, I was an honorary commie for for Iron Modeler, and that was that was fun. Well, we also um, heard yeah. we also heard some rumors, Anthony, from you know the Canadian Embassy, 
we heard some rumors that that you 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 decided to try someone's particular brand of uh an intoxicating beverage not at the oh my goodness not at the embassy <laughs> it wasn't not at the, the embassy, embassy but somewhere else somewhere else we heard rumors from someone let me tell you i was stone cold sober at the embassy because i was having a chat with uh ross waddell about arduinos and stepper motors and let me okay. tell you i need that's where i'm heading i right. i was uh that and 3d printing but where else so, were you because yeah. apparently apparently oh, you uh... tried something and several <laughs> we had several people saying we can't believe anthony did that i can't believe i got up the next day at six o'clock no problems <laughs> yeah that's yeah what... no, we had we had some great that was the uh the the ri suite or yeah. party yeah. Um, yeah. resident illuminati unofficial group uh, i think they have a board they used to have a board maybe it's migrated onto facebook now and they're that's a good crew they're always doing a lot of neat a lot of like star trek um but all kinds of sci-fi to, right. um right. topics and modelers um sharing their builds and subjects really great talent in there but we had a great time we got awesome just just right plastered <laughs> on some kind of weird jet fuel and some uh, kind of weird jets so we heard it was weird jet fuel all right yeah. so anthony so what you are going to do is you're going to send pictures of all nine of your builds so we can add it to our show notes i will all yes. right awesome okay we will continue then so on the Musaru Cup front, I got an email from Duncan Young over at IPMS Hamilton, and he mm -hmm. did post it to their Facebook group. Um, so the Musaru Cups kits have shipped. Um, he's enclosed a picture of the box, and it's going to be probably at most of our doorsteps any day now on mine. I am the one on deck for us. Um, I'm not allowed to open it until August the 1st. And then a certain co-host... Yeah. You know, who shall we name nameless? You know, first, the first remark was, I hope it's a figure bust. That's even worse than, this, than the original suggestions. He's <laughs> saying he he's saying a, a three a three fifty a ship with photo etch. And then he says the one seven hundred Yamoto. Yamato. Yamato Yamoto. I did that on purpose. Just so Stuart can pronounce it. Um at least at least my buddy James Skiffins came came to the rescue saying I have to do one night too, so be nice. Yeah, so we will he, see. He tried yes. to bring stability to the discussion. I know. Well, thank God for that, eh? You know, but no, so I think what's gonna happen is I get the impression they're gonna also have they're gonna be some someone down there at uh, Nats again and they will do that and then they'll tell us when. So it's gonna arrive and I will be very good and hide it until we see what happens and then we open it and then everyone can st can can start laughing all righty okay so um couple of mo model show season model con five we had them on a couple of years back this is model con five at the uss new jersey hey almost as good as in having it at the canadian cool. warplate heritage museum have a bunch of ship yeah. modelers get together on a battleship ah. um you can't go wrong so this and of course it's in the wardroom so highly civilized so this will be august 5th uh from set up from 8 to 10 display from 10 to 3 free parking uh this is from the our friends at the philadelphia ship modeling society uh in partnership with the battleship new jersey museum there's always some amazing work there i've enclosed a link which will show you some of the work uh the ship guys are just amazing what they can do in that so uh yep. if you're in the area make sure uh, you check that out Okay, uh, we also regret to inform everyone that the Mr. Hero, the founder of Model Factory Hero, has passed away. 
He passed away late, late, late last month. It's on their website. So Masil Hero has passed away on Tuesday, June the 20th. He was 663. Um, they are going to future plans regarding the company, including the appointment of successor, will be made in a separate statement in the future. He was well known for his love and passion for car and car modeling and f- sought to find new ways to add creativity to his kits. At Model Factory Hero, we will do our utmost to carry on in his passion and philosophies into our design and products without change in the future. Yeah, and if you're if you're a car guy, you you know the amazing stuff. That this mm. this that this company came out with. So again, we send our uh, condolences to his family. Just yeah, yeah that's, sixty-three is way too young. Way no too kidding. Young. Way too young. Yeah, way yeah. too young indeed. So yeah, we send our condolences there. Okay, a couple of shows that did happen. Um, first of all, uh, the modeling news. They've been uh, doing their roving reporters. The first one is from Hanon, China. And it's the, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. It's the Dimensional Animation Game Carnival Model Contest. (laughs) I'm sure something got lost in translation there. But again, amazing footage, amazing stuff. Um, Yeah, JS model, metal-framed aircraft, a lot of Chinese manufacturers, just a lot of amazing pictures and subjects, uh, just absolutely filling, and I mean filling the table. I especially yeah. like the Edward Bunny Fighter, the MiG the MiG twenty one. That's mm-hmm. kind of cute. Um, you know, just again, some amazing stuff. Oh, look, Jeff, there's a Valkyrie there. I'll give you some info. Yes. You know, I know, I saw. That's beautiful stuff. Yeah, so a lot of nice looking aircraft, a lot of nice looking everything. Some Valkyries, some other very cool stuff. Good, good modeling porn, shall we say? Prawn, as we say. Um, so yeah, armor prawn? figures, prawn. Like that's the, the yeah, well, no, P R O N. That's the mm, polite delicious. way to say it, right? So, so your message doesn't get sent to spam. That's the way they I used like to prawn. do it. Yeah, I know, prawns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so no, anyway, ch- ch- check that photo gallery out. Just some amazing work there. Uh, especially like, like some of the British, the British uh, aircraft carriers look good looking. I'm not sure that was Ark Royal, but just you know absolutely gorgeous stuff and then they were over at the new south wales model show um and i believe our friends at on the bench were here as well uh they have some very cool cool stuff there lots of traders 300 entrants in the modeling competition uh sms paints oh i see a zeppelin some gundams oh look star blazers yamamoto on one thousandth the blues brothers mobile Lots yeah. of other, lots of goodies there. And again, I love, I love, even if you can't make the show, it's always great to check out the photo galleries because lots mm-hmm. of ins- inspiration. And they took an absolutely huge number of portraits. So definitely worth, worth, worth checking out there. Uh, that's always a very good show. I, I know I hear our Australian friends talk about it quite, quite highly. All right. And then who's this guy? Oh, yeah. Goodman. Oh, he's got a new site. You have a new site, Anthony. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's been around um, certainly when I was uh, selling the sanding blocks, but yeah. that's obviously now at Sean's Customs. Mm-hmm. But I had always intended to remake the site as more of a like a build a build site, build yeah. gallery. So I finally got it into some kind of passable shape. It does work. You can go and see some galleries there. Yeah, I see uh, that. I'm going to con- 
continue to add things to it. I have more galleries to go up and, and some other things of note. Um, but yeah, please take a look and um, yeah, I'm going to develop it and maybe try to make it interactive some way so I can ch chit chat to people or cool. I can leave a comment or something. But Very uh, cool. yeah, I'm happy cool. if you look at my stuff and hope you enjoy it. Check that out. All right. All righty. So uh, not much in the mailbag this week. Um Moving on, we're just going to say, oh, I'm just going to remind people we do have Patreon and we now started Buy Me A Coffee. So some of the other podcasts use that too. Buy Me A Coffee is great because let's say you can't afford for one reason or another uh, to, to commit to a monthly thing. Well, with Buy Me A Coffee, if you find something useful or something particularly funny, you can do a one-time support. It's like buying a coffee to the website. So uh, awesome. yep, the link's there on the, uh, on, on, on the web on the webpage. Make sure you check it out. Uh, if not, you can go to buymeacoffee.com uh, mm -hmm. forward slash scale model pod, scale model pod. I couldn't put scale model podcast. Apparently, it was too long. Yeah. So, and hey, hey, Stu, we should we should remind um, listeners that the other way to really help us out is to give us a positive review on uh, on all your right. podcast listeners of choice. Mm -hmm. That that really helps us, I think, get up in the listings and and to get get to in front of the ears of other Very people much who are so. interested in hearing. So Very yeah, much so, exactly. Nice five-star review. Five-star review, just because Anthony was on. You got to you gotta do That's five right. stars just for Anthony. Okay, hobby announcements. You know, summer, it's in the summer, things keep going. Our good friends at AK, July 2023, they've got a bunch of new different colors, some more gaming colors, uh, some colors um inspired by artists so sergio vilches he's got his signature set uh 14 colors in one figure selected by him if you're a miniature painter and then we got some new stuff the war game washes everyone's coming out with these now uh, well, these so, ones are enamels yeah so this is a wash designed for deleted for your for for the war gamers allowing you to very very quickly uh you know you get your stuff ready for the table. And then how about this? The thinner in fruit scent. A fruit scented thinner. A fruit scent. That's, you know, nothing's going to go wrong there, right? You need it. Yep. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. It's going to go there. Uh, and then we I have their, still, go ahead, Jeff. As I say, have a, have a nice sip. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it might work with your gin. Uh, and then deep shades. A lot of companies are into the deep shades, fast shading. I, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, I've been I've been working with some of the army painter stuff. Uh, so yeah. these are really good because the idea is, is you just, you know, they're shades. They go on nice and quick. You don't have to do three or four different uh three or four different things. Uh, so basically the idea is in this case is it's like a built-in wash. You put your base color on, then you kind of put deep shade over the whole thing, which goes into the crevice. It's like washes. And then you do your highlights and they've got a bunch of different colors and you can see some samples there on the link we're going to send. And then of course they've got the medium as well. So, okay. So looks like they're high pigment. Yeah, glazes. exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So again, uh, they're all, you know, wargaming's huge, like absolutely huge like, type stuff. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, the Warhammer stuff, they had a new set out recently. Um, and this thing was like 250 bucks. And I know my local game store sold dozens and dozens and dozens. Like it was, 
you know, people spend big bucks in that hobby too. So I can see oh, yeah. why the, uh, the paint manufacturers and that, you know, mm-hmm. they want to, they want to stay on top of it and I don't blame them. Okay. Moving on DBMK. They had some news. Um, so again, they're out of the, some of the designers are out of the Ukraine and that. Um, but again, a couple of new announcements. Uh, this goes to their Facebook page because and D, DBMK, if you're listening, update your website, please. Um, they're having a 48 scale uh, Tiger. Uh, Grumman, the old Grumman Tiger, and potentially 72nd. And then the Sea Fury, they've got, they've, they had, they announced this last year, the 32nd scale Sea Fury. So they've got some Navy schemes or three schemes, including a, a Canadian one and a Czech one. Nice. And then five days ago, they did a really quick update. So they basically said the Seahorn is going to be the first kit released now in quarter one, 24. Test shots will be ready for Telford. They're going to be downscaling the Scimitar to 172nd scale, and that will be released immediately after the 48th kit. And then they did talk about the design work on the next subject, single-engine Navy fighter in 148th. Uh, so, yeah. And th- like I said, they did indicate, looks like today... No, a couple of days ago, uh, they're just saying, yeah, like their designers are in the Ukraine. They're talking about, you know, how how long things take. They're saying uh, uh, the scimitar, scimitar is about 12 months behind. It's also thrown the orders release. And they say it takes about two years to go from product initiation to having a product waiting for sale. So, yes. again, folks, you got to be patient. That's right. They're showing a lot of information on their, their printings. Uh, yep. from their CAD models to give starts, you know, to give an idea. It's, it won't be exactly the same as the yeah. injection they, molded, but it's yep. it's a long way from what it used to be. Yep, and they're always really good. They really communicate well, and you know, so I I, I give them credit for their for their transparency. Okay, our good friend Katero, which Terry has an example of one. A uh, couple more thirty second Spitfire is going to be on the way. The Mark One early, hundred and fifty five parts are going to be three marking choices. Uh, so that looks very nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Latest stage development. They show some of the, the some of the separate parts, um, and then of course they have the Brian the one A and the Brian Lane edition, mm-hmm. and then of course we have a Mark Five A coming down the line, which is a very nice looking aircraft. Again, some of the additional things there. So again, as promised, they're going to do they're going to do all sorts of different ones. It's going to be awesome, yeah, and so, I know. Uh... If we want to see anything else from them in 30 second scale, like a hurricane, yeah, we got to buy the Spitfire. We got to buy the Spitfire. <laughs> exactly. You got to buy. You got to buy the I don't Spitfire. Think that's going to be too hard. No, I don't uh, think so. For people, I will mention the pre-orders <laughs> on these are a discount. There is yeah. a substantial discount. Yeah. So do it. And you know what? We we you know Terry brought his Spitfire to Wonderfest, the box, and we got to fondle the plastic, and I was very impressed. You know, definitely, definitely from the from the minds behind wing that wing. So it's really good, really Which good is to all, see. All, all well and good, but you skipped over the Magic Factory new items bit, which is the killer robot dogs. I know, but I had to get to the Spitfire. You're right. Oh there. no, no, all we right. gotta go. All right. Magic Factory. Oh. Magic Factory. Couple of new uh, things there. They're always doing weird stuff, as they as they basically say. You know, you just when you think you don't need it. You know, we never thought we needed. So we've got a UAV and a robot armed dog. This is See, this is what's going to kill us all. <laughs> it's a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Even the dog in the, the picture is not impressed. So these Horned are these golden bullets. <laughs> yeah, so these UAVs are the little ones that the guys can cart around in a essentially what's like a a guitar case, right? Yeah. So and the they can artillery spot, they can do all kinds of little stuff from the fr- field from the front. What could possibly go wrong? And the, arming, the robot, arming arming robots, right? The robot dog has a gun dubbed called the Spur or Special Purpose Unmanned Rifle. Yeah. With a 30 times optical zoom, thermal camera for tarting in the dark, and effective range of 1,200 meters. We're so screwed. We're, We're so, so screwed. screwed. We are so screwed. Yep, exactly. Because you know, it doesn't help that I'm a I'm a, I'm a cat person. They'll come after us first. So they might let Terry live. Well, it's, they they couldn't come up with a robotic cat because it just wouldn't give a shit. Or I mean, yeah. it wouldn't care. <laughs> well, no, that would be that would be even more lethal. <laughs> Yeah, to, to its handlers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. to its handlers. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is that is kind of cool. The uh UAV, I can see some diorama like possibilities yeah. there. So definitely, definitely have to check that out. Okay, Tamiya, upcoming releases. The August list came out. Uh they got a lot of stuff. <laughs> RC, ton of RC stuff. Static models. Looks like you've got a motorcycle, the CBR 1000 rr Fireblade, the 30th anniversary. Uh, some 124th cars. Uh, oh, they're going to do a, one of those uh, two-in-one kits. So the 48 scale Spitfire Mark One and the light and then the light U- U- utility car in a set, as well as the Lucian IL2 and Sturmovic and the Gaz 67. Uh, of course, the Abrams tank and the Ukraine markings. We've talked about that. Uh, the armored personal carrier, the M3A2 mm-hmm. half track. Uh, mortar carrier, salt tank. Some of these are repops, but there you go. And then I had to point this out. I think this got this in the wrong section. The under tools and paint, you have to click on this. The walking and swimming duck. Oh, I love this. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. It walks, oh, wow. the head bobs, it swims Honestly. in the water. This is something for your grandkids. I'm just saying, Jeff. Forget the grandkids. <laughs> I know. Well, you need one for them, one for you. So anyway, these are you, like the the kind of the, the science like uh, yeah. science based. Yeah, yeah it's their educational motor. constructor. These are really cool. Yeah, they just yeah. put yeah. in the wrong category, but I I wouldn't have noticed it. And apparently, stickers are included for the beak, beak and eyes. So oh, yeah. okay, yeah, isn't that cool? You gotta love it. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Our friends at Tamiya. Okay, then there's this one. This one I kind of chuckled at. I saw this, and then the next day, Jeff or um, Terry sent me a link saying, you know, did you see that, or we got to put this on. And when yep. I first saw this, I, I thought, the first thing I thought it was Terry all over. So, Terry, <laughs> Terry, you go ahead. This is all you. Yeah, our friends over at Halberd Models in the Ukraine have, uh, they've been just banging out some great subjects. And this is a conversion for the... Um, to me, a Thunderbolt, the P47D Thunderbolt kit, and it's the XP47H. So the end of the life of the Thunderbolt, they're trying to get everything they can out of the airframe, as, as you do. And Halbert has done well with the Mustang on this. Uh, this thing had a 16-cylinder inverted V Allison engine in there. <laughs> Over 2,000 wow. horsepower. It's like, that's more horsepower than the Sky Raider had. Yeah. So... Uh, it, it was supposed to better like to get close to 500 miles an hour. Wow. I don't think it ever did in test flights. Um, but this is this is ready for your lift 46, your yeah. lift 47 stuff. This is very yeah. attractive. Looking. Let's put the guns back in it. Yeah. 
It's a pretty cool looking beast. It is. So I have, um, I was cleaning back up. I have a coster conversion for the monogram kit, uh, which I didn't do very well. And I was mm. busy taking it apart and working on it. Now I'm, I'm not going to. No, you can just. <laughs> There's no you, reason. To. Now, now, do you have the particular Tamiya? Do you have the particular uh, Tamiya? Kit? Oh, almost certainly I have several. You probably of those. have something. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah. Yeah. This will look nice, and I'm sure we're going to get an inbox review at some point. Yeah, and Halberd's casting, as I've said before on the yeah. show, is stunning. It is. There's, it, it, they are the best resin castings I've ever seen, mastering wow. and castering. I mean, obvi- really, FF, I guess I did. I should have brought them with me to a Wonderfest to show you, Anthony, but think of the best, you know, what Blackbeast stuff. This is better. This sure. is just wow. better. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the whole gamut of uh, obviously we've all seen yeah. terrible. And I've seen some really good stuff too, or I've noted uh from Japan and uh and mm-hmm. uh, Blap and some other um, you know, little guys from the States and Canada. But yeah, that's that's uh obviously you know your stuff, so I'd be I that'd be something I'd, I'd like to check out for sure. Very cool. All right, moving on. We've got I'm I'm I know at the at the um build night we talked about this last week. I know you weren't there. Were you there, Jeff? Did we talk about were you there no, for this? No, okay. Yeah. So this is Bren Gun. They've uh uh released an the powered or unpowered glider version of the Aerodo E three seven seven guided bomb and the Mistel configuration, which basically had an H E one six two on top and the E three seven seven below in one to one four four scale. Uh, you know, again, kind of kind of a cool idea, throwing the desperation. You know, just yeah. just nice looking kit. The one, yeah, the one six two is always a neat, uh, a, a neat looking plane. Yeah, it's interesting. The one six two that there are reconstructions built and flying, and they say they fly very yeah. well, very yeah. well. It was called the People Spider. It was supposed to be very limited, you know, very minimal skill skill set of the pilots. But apparently, yeah, as you say it, it yeah, I guess pretty, planes are cheaper than pilots. Or I guess pilots are cheap. I don't yeah. know at that point in the war. Yeah, exactly. So That's yeah, not we the were salamander, is it? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, the salamander. The salamander. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yep. Very. Or the, was that the nickname or whatever? That was yeah. the nickname for it. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Okay. Speaking of dioramas, uh, Thunder Models Clark Tour Six details and CAD. This is a thirty-second scale uh, tug that was used by the Air Force during the war. U.S. Air Force heavy-duty airfield tractor, one thirty-second scale, hundred parts. So and five sets of decals, five different versions. Very awesome. used everywhere. Pretty well. And for a very long time. Yeah. They were exactly. used forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're doing the diorama thing, that's definitely something you might want to be interested in. The, CAD, the CADs look great. Uh, plastic screws, 100 parts. Photo etch decals, sheet, some clear parts. Finally reproduced silicone tires. Uh, five marking details for both U.S. Army Air Force and RAF with the instrument black hearts. No release date, awesome. date yet, but we'll keep an eye on Thunder Models and we'll let you know. Yeah, All right. Very nice. Very nice. One that's near and dear to my heart, Airfix has re-released the 48-scale uh, C Spitfire. Uh, this is the Mark 17. A gorgeous-looking kit. Three new decal options, including the folding wings, the unique folding wings. This is one at some point I'm going to get my paws on. I do like Seafires. Um, 
but again, re-released. It's kind of a bit of a surprise. They didn't announce this when they had their list or earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the blog, I've linked it to the blog entry on the Airfix site, which of course is just amazing. So much detail behind the scenes where they talk about the history and even the individual aircraft schemes. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, if you're a Spitfire, Seafire fan, I know this one will be interested. Next up, the Boeing 1-144KC-46. This is KC-46A, the tanker out of the New Hampshire Air National Guard. Vac form fuselage with all the other parts and resin. I know there's a lot of people out there. And i sorry, I should say this is from Welsh Models, and they do some amazing stuff. I know some guys in our club like like building their stuff. So you don't see tankers enough. No. No. I like I love a lot of Welsh model subjects too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You and uh our guy uh our guy Mike in our club. He loves their stuff too. All mm-hmm. sorts of all sorts of goodies. So check that out. And then one thirty also one thirty second. I saw this today uh on the modeling news. Hey, Hong Kong models released they're re-releasing their one thirty second scale B17G. Uh this is a limited run of only 500 and it's called the rose of york the reason why is because it includes a 30 second scale 3d printed figure of her majesty when she was just a princess elizabeth windsor uh during a visit to a u.s air force base during world war ii uh so you know again interesting history behind this they originally wanted to name the plane elizabeth Princess Elizabeth, but that did not meet with official approval. There was concerned about the propaganda value to the enemy and the effect on mm-hmm. civilian morale should the bomber name for a member of the royal family be lost in combat. So they ended up naming it uh, Rose of York, which was probably a good idea because not this crew, but later on, I think it was the 60th or something, 70th mission, it did get shot down. It was lost. So Great, I, Great yeah. pictures on this. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, they do really well. So it comes with 500 piece run, uh, 32nd scale of the young queen of the young queen. Uh, again, big hit, 32nd scale wingspans, almost a meter. Whoa. Yeah, 989 centimeters or 989 millimeters. They have 989 meters. No, that would be like <laughs> reverse scale. Uh, the full length, approximately 70 centimeters. And you and they actually have a wall mount for this. I remember that last time. Yeah. Yeah, posable oh, flying surface. Yep. Yep. Two marking choices for for the aircraft. So the first one is the day of the royal visit. And then a little bit later on after August in 44. Uh so yeah. And the G was always one of the ultimate models because it had that it had the chin turret because they realized they were losing a lot of them to head on attack. So yep. they put they put two fifties in that chin turret, which helped a bit. So that's from Hong Kong models. Okay, then our good friends at Special Hobbies, all sorts of good things. We have two kits they're talking about this time in their newsletter, the T2 Buckeye. We talked about it, but they have the anniversary markings, including the 100th anniversary. Uh, They've got a masking set and all some goodies there. And they've also got the German World War II glider in 148th, the Greenau Baby 2B. And then, of course, you know, we 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 can't forget the Africa course uh, soldier prodding the unwilling cam- camel in 148th and 172nd. And they also have a sow with piglets in 172nd. Because, oh, you know, perfect. for those of you missing that, you needed that for your diorama. 
There you go. And also yeah. a few other things in 135th, etc. Uh World War II aircraft maintenance toolbox and 72nd scale. So yeah. All sorts of uh all sorts of cool things. From That's interesting. Our good I like friend. that. I like that prodding on the unwilling camel one. Yeah. Myself. I hope he doesn't get too too close. Camels can bite. Oh yeah. A camel a camel definitely looks pissed off. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you be? Supporting, I would the, be. supporting the Nazi side? Like, what's with that? Oh, yes, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, they ain't no Nazi camels. Okay. What's new at Scalemates? Clicking on it, showing the full kits and new tools. Ooh, this just showed up. Alpha Romeo C41 from Synapse Model in 112 scale. This is for July 10th because we wow. are recording this on the 10th. So this won't be out till the weekend. Uh, and Monocle Grand P from 1992, Andreas Malda S921. Mm. A couple of trucks. Oh, yeah, this is the RC truck we talked about last time, the Tamiya, the 114. Yeah, 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 the big one. Oh, yeah, the Scania. Yeah. And what's this? Bandai Spirits, cool. premium Bandai, high grade Mashu Hero 2023. Look at this, a full. A full Quidditch pitch. I know. Oh I knew. God. Yeah, that great. And and Buckbeak, <laughs> and Buckbeak. Yeah, I love those. That's insane. Yeah, and then we have a Kirby kite. Yeah, it's a glider. Yeah. 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 What's this yeah. Williams amphibious vehicle? Look at this thing. That's, that's crazy. Huh? Was that one of those specials that they were? I know. No, on? nothing or in the war. A... This must have been something completely. Let me Google it because I've never heard of this. Uh, tank and slide. Uh, yeah, it was looks... designed during World War II, but I don't. I don't think it made yeah. it to. Uh, it was a U.S. prototype. Uh, well, there was that whole series of there. Yeah, the, the funnies. funnies. Yeah, or something. Yep. Yeah, they used Sherman. Yep. Some of them worked, and some of them didn't. Yep. Right. Yeah, Sherman yeah, tanks that swam. And... Yeah, mine clearing yeah. Churchill tanks with uh, flamethrowers. It was all stuff designed to get yeah. them on the beach and clear the trap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he did a patent, but Colonel Allison, Colonel Allison Ridley Williams, did it. So huh. yeah, there's an interesting the link if he search big on spherical it. wheels. Yeah, metal exactly. wheels. Yep. Supposed to be, were they supposed to be like inflated? I guess, yeah. And well, then, not inflated uh, there, I think they were metal, so they were hollow. Metal. They were, yeah, they were just air inside them. Mm -hmm. So they were, yeah. the thing was buoyant and they it could just claw its way across the water, yeah. Uh, July 6th, we've wow. got all three subjects we talk about the dogs and the uh, a U.S. light tank, Astron X weapon. Uh, what else do we have here? M52 radio controlled unmanned rocket Gannett scale models. Looks like a 3D print. Miles M52. Holy I know. I know someone who. Like the, uh, yeah, Mike. I'm all over that. I'm all yeah. over, that's a lot like the the Leduc 21. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Mike would be all over that. Yeah, our yeah. good friend Mike, Mike Mike Hill. Oh yeah, I I should have put this on the main page. Rodin's come out with this awesome-looking bus, the Opel Blitz oh. bus, the Ludwig Aero. That is a weird-looking bus. Isn't that weird? It's got a couple of schemes. <laughs> yep. Isn't that wild? Isn't that nice I looking? Love it. And, yeah. and, and, and and again, with that great round thing in the middle, you know it's just screaming for a jet engine intake. Uh, it almost looks like something from, uh, I don't know, diesel punk or something. Yeah, steampunk yeah. or whatever, yeah. Exactly. Well, I had the 30s. They were going after all of those streamlined aircraft inspired designs yeah oh I'm, I'm looking i'm looking at the uh july 3rd bus look at that rhinoceros beetle holy mackerel 
Oh yeah, yeah. We now this is another one we talked about last week at the build night. Uh yeah, it's like a and it's a gorgeous looking kit. If you we we did some Google searching for it, and it's a gorgeous looking kit. Oh my god. That's We've talked about this series before. This yeah, some different age. ones. Yeah, and they've come out with a couple yeah. of different series here from this set. And yeah, that is gorgeous. It's like a work of yeah. art. That looks like it'd be a lot of fun too. Yep. Uh what else here? Bandai Spirits, one to one four four. The ARZ-124 Aqua Hambrini Titans. Anthony, do you have any idea what the heck this is? <laughs> it looks like he's ready to kick ass and, and eat bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum. AOZ reboot? Yeah. Oh, we lost Anthony for a second. It's AOZ. So. I'm not sure what AOZ is. I'm not sure. Anthony so up. so so stunned by that, he fell over, I think. Anthony says he has to step away for a sec. Oh, okay. There you go. Vespa. So we'll assume that's a pee break. Yeah. We got the Vespa. Little Vespa 124th. Piaggio Bravo. Yep. Oh, here's 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 oh. a neat one. June 30th. The Helio U U10 Super Courier, air cast resin. Very nice. Look at look at the look at the model factory hero. Shelby Cobra Coop and yeah, under the 29th. Yep. Oh my God. That's a mortgage there. Yep. <laughs> mm. But you know, nothing's coming out. Oh, and of course the Jules Verne, the Albatross on the, the, Albatross. On the June 28th, the last one. Yeah. In one, one hundredth, one of Jules Verne's concept. That would be fun. I've seen, I've seen guys do like scratch builds or, or yeah. Uh, yeah, of these yeah. just because it's such a weird, there's actually a couple of games out there um, that utilize like, you know, what if they discovered, yeah. a, you know, there's a couple out there where the idea is they discover an element that's lighter than air and they put it in. So you've got like battleships in the sky and cruisers and kind of combat combat like that. Yeah. So I some designs are more imaginative than others yes, in agreed. the series. Agreed. But this yeah. is this tracks pretty close to yeah. what Vern's descriptions yeah. were. Yeah, with, with, with like 50 propellers. Yeah, holding it up, and it's one one hundredth, so I don't think it would be that huge. You could probably, you know, but yeah, no, this company does. This company, I think I looked them up. They did, they do quite a bit. They're out of the Czech. They're out of the Czech Republic, and they do all sorts of uh, weird and wild things. Uh, there's their website. They also do, you know, some World War Two aircraft, some World War One. They do all sorts of things like. Just trains, you know, yeah, all sorts of wild think, things. You gotta love it. And I think we're, I think we're now back to where we were at the last show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I see the mutant's girlfriend. That that's always my marker. That's your marker, the mutant's girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll have a brief break, and we'll talk about someone who's definitely not a mutant. That's Steve from Cult TV Man with all the exciting things he's been up to since Wonderfest. Here we go. Let's catch up a little bit with what's happening at Cult TV Man and CultTVManShop.com. Steve had a posting from Wonderfest uh, about round two, had a ton of news. We've covered a little bit about this, but these are his his comments. Uh, they're going to have a new 1/350th scale Kronos 1 kit. This is the updated, partially retooled version of the Katinga to show the ship as it was featured in Star Trek VI. The model will come with gold metallic gold decals to detail out the kit. 
There's an upgraded light kit that can be used on both the Kronos 1 and Katinga. And Round 2 is also ex- releasing an extensive photo etch set produced by our friends at Paragraphics. That looks like a good-looking kit that's going to be. You can pre-order those now. Uh, also, for lower deck fans, there will be a USS Cirrhotos model kit. Uh, no release date or price, but they did have a mock-up at the show. Um, and then they also announced, Round 2 said they were going to update the Enterprise from Star Trek Discovery to the Enterprise scene in Strange New Worlds. Basically, a new primary hull with new windows details around the rim, as well as extra panel detail around the bridge and upgraded bridge. Uh, there will be more de- details on the warp nacelles as well. So lots of exciting stuff there. Other new products just announced and released. They did get the Nautilus from Pegasus Hobby, and this is the Jules Burns version. Looks a bit like what you see uh, in the Disney movie, 20,000 Leagues Out of the Sea. Uh, that's available. The base includes a giant squid the Nautilus is fighting. That's available right now for $70 from Pegasus Hobby. Uh, the Jurassic Park T-Rex and Malcolm diorama from 135th scale from X Plus is now available. And on backward at the Slee Stack from the drive-in scenes, 113th scale from Escape Hatch. They got a lot of stuff here. Uh, they now have on back order, but they are going to get those in eventually, including the Wolf Woman, Countess Dracula, the Devil Witch, the Wasp Woman, and a few other things. Also, a lot of other busts being released uh, from Blackheart, Hammer's Werewolf, the Micromania bust, Hammer Frankenstein from Blackheart, the Hammer Mummy. These are all $36.99. Good deal. It looks good there. Uh, they then got a Leia 1-6 bust for $64.99 from Star Wars. All sorts of good things in those uh, sort of category. So definitely a lot as always from our friends at Cult TV, man. And don't forget to tell them the Scale Model Podcast sent you. Okay, and we're back. Uh, Anthony's not back yet, but that's all right. We can we can continue. Uh, or shall we wait, gentlemen? Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break, and we will wait for him to return. Because I need, I want to get another drink. I'm about to hack and right. cough. All right. I'm just going to tell them. Well, we could, what we could do is switch over to um, the mini topic. Well, we'll, so, we'll have Anthony in for that. He'll be hopefully back yeah, soon. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He didn't say what he, what he was gone for. So. Yeah. Speak. And he shows up. There you go. As soon as I take a, I say, take a break. He comes back. That's yeah. all right. Oh, yeah, sorry. I sorry. somebody's at the door. I figured you guys could. Uh, yeah, we 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 we, we did. You you you've got all the to dos again. By the way. Yeah. All right. Pardon? You've got all the to dos. You don't know what they are yet, but you've got them all. Oh. <laughs> you know, guy who misses yeah. the meeting gets all the to dos, or you know, you know, if you ever late, if you ever late for your morning plumbing meeting, all of a sudden you get to do all the all all the shady jobs, literally. <laughs> Right. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> so, hey, so, hey, guys, that Jasmine models you were talking about last week, those are the guys oh, that did the photo etch for the Valkyries and other yes. stuff. Yes. So, I love that stuff. They, they still exist. Although awesome. stuff is sold out. Of course. There's an F35. I don't know. It's been hard to get. Uh, I got a couple of those kits, Terry, but they've been very, uh, very hard to come by. The 48 scale stuff is sold out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, VF11, there's PE upgrade parts for VE11. VF11. From Jasmine. 
Yeah. Didn't they do didn't Jasmine? They did a full, um, I don't know how you describe that, like a full yeah. 172nd Valkyrie, just the frame, metal framework. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a complete kit. Yeah. Wild. I never got it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, um, very, very impressive kit. Very neat looking thing. I, um, anyway, yeah. All right. But I have some of the, wow, it doesn't kits look like much good. of it's left. Okay, so we did the we just finished oh, the cult TV man ad, Anthony. So we're going on to the mini topic. So in five. Okay, lots of exciting things from our friends at Cult TV Man. Couple of topics tonight. We're going to start with what we call a mini topic, and Terry has this one. So Terry, the floor, electronically or otherwise, is yours. Yeah, thanks. Um, I saw this this pop up on the Facebook a, uh, a few days ago. Uh, someone asking whether 3d printing is essentially not kit not a kit or it's cheating and it's a valid question and to some degree if you look at some of the stuff like edward's doing with uh, cast replacement um, panels with all the dials and everything in it um, it all depends on your goals right mm -hmm. on that sort of thing but as far as a 3d printed kit goes uh fresh off wonderfest and judging and, and actually building 3d printed kits myself i i really had to take umbrage to this because they are more work than a well cast resin piece right they mm -hmm. simply are you have to yeah. clean them up a lot and the materials not always the best material structure wise and everything and you still have to do a lot of work um and i guess his point was that uh, we we shouldn't consider this to be on the same level as say a plastic kit whereas i would say it's exactly the opposite with um say the the brand new lightning and, and well both lightnings really world war ii and modern lightnings from tamiya they are going to be phenomenal and you know you won't have to do much work with them so having a 3d print and having to clean up all those panel lines we've we, we knocked pretty heavily on seeing panel lines on subjects when you're do you mean sorry do you mean seams no the, for uh, the panel no. lines i mean step lines so grow lines oh step, right okay yeah the, yeah the, so the grow yeah. lines that's what i'm talking about yeah um seams can be there too and that's not that's on anything if you're not filling your gaps you're not filling your gaps but this is surface yeah. prep this is as bad you can have it wonderfully painted, and there are some subjects out there that have been, but the people did zero work cleaning up the kit. So, to me, this this is a major problem, and this is a lot of work because a lot of these models are put together these these files with a ton of detail on them. They either you have to sand around, or or sand off and replace. So yeah, yeah. it's it's on its own work and he was saying well if it's one piece then it's then it's not a kit it's like you go you go look at all the busts and all the figures mm. and all that kind of stuff at a quality show and you tell me that that's not an artwork or that that was somehow kit. easy because it was just a single piece it's not Right. No. Uh, it, it would be it would be ahead, unlikely Anthony. to. Sorry, I, I was just no, going to go mention ahead. to that point. It's going to be unlikely that um, it's going to be very rare and, and far and few between. You're going to kit a kit with no pieces to glue, glue together, just to, based on how you're going to set up kits to be to be printed in the first place. So, 
But but to that point, I think, uh, Terry, you make a very valid observation is that it still needs to be addressed with all the fundamental modeling skills, right? Cleaning up the services, mm -hmm. gluing, painting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, and, this is the kind of discussion, though, that uh, has ever has always happened and will always happen. I mean, if you think about that comment, you could go back to the 1950s and the guys who made the balsa wood airplanes would yeah. say, what the hell is this plastic crap? You're cheating. You know, uh, no. I mean, yeah. come on. There, there are new ways. The bottom line for this hobby is you're trying to build a representation of something to the best of your ability. And there are lots of different skills that fit into that. And, and it's not just manufacturing. It's not just uh, assembling. It's it's research and it's painting and it's weathering and it's, you know, diorama placement, if you want. It's all these other factors. Uh, focusing in on one thing, I think it does a disservice to the hobby as a whole. I really do think that it's really the, the purpose is expression of imagination through whichever skill sets you need to use and whichever materials you want to use. And I don't see that as a problem at all. Well yeah, said, Jeff. Well said there. I, I, I was thinking back to uh, two episodes of the Model Geeks podcast. Uh, they were talking about, you know, losing your mojo in that. And in the end, sometimes you build for yourself. You build what part you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one of them was saying he loves to paint. So he kind of gets ahead and does that. And in the end, if it makes you happy, then that's what's important. And, you know, also also to what, you know, you you all have said, yeah, it's another tool in the arsenal like you know years ago people didn't have airbrushes or we had crappy paints or you know the idea with the balsa wood it's you know and you've heard me say this the hobby's evolving so i think it's yeah i i, I agree terry that sounds like it sounds like uh the person there needs to have a little bit of an education and actually see what's yeah. involved to, to, to get a, a 3d printed subject that they've you know that catches their interest and 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 sit down with your sanding pads and your sanding sticks and everything else and do it. Mm -hmm. I could say, I, I could recommend a couple of one eighteenth scale uh, jets to work from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, filament print is a whole other thing. That's right? a whole other thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I see, I see guys on, on Starship Modeler and other sites on cults site and everything They're They're printing big scale um, yeah. filament stuff. And yeah. they're just painting them. It's like, and to your point, it's if that's what you want to do, then hey, you do it, man. You do it. You yeah. enjoy it. It's your hobby in the end. That's why you'll you know, drive yourself insane yep. trying to, yep. to fill all that. And you know what? For the folks who love to compete, if that's what enjoy, they enjoy, great. Uh, for other of us out there, we just like building something, slapping it together sometimes. You know, it's whatever, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to move I think, on. I think there Go is ahead. a difference, though. I think, and, and this is a bit of a segue into our next topic. Yes. I think there's a difference between um, uh, standards for judging at national and local competitions, no matter whether they're who, who's running yeah. it, uh, and building for yourself and enjoying it for yourself. And no matter what medium you're working with, if you're going to try to go for a competition win, then you better finish it properly. You better sand it. You better work with all the build lines and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, I think if, if you do that, then at the end of the day, uh, it can be judged equally against a, plastic, a fully plastic kit yeah. or mixed media kit or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Here, here. Okay. I see Mr. Goodman's added, added something here. Yeah. And this is going to tie in with the interview um, <clears throat> for Scale Insider for, for this uh, episode. Um, so we are going to have an interview coming up with Rob Booth, the secretary of the IPMS USA, 
And I know, Stuart, on an earlier podcast, you did an interview with Dave Lockhart, president, mm-hmm. uh, surrounding the uproar of his strange comments that obviously rub people a lot uh, yep. the wrong way, myself included. And uh, <laughs> and we were all discussing earlier a little bit about this because you guys haven't heard the interview yet. Mm-hmm. So no. Oh, um, <laughs> it's long. It's a long so, it's, it's a long interview and you've been editing it. Well, but but frankly, yeah. that gives us that gives us total freedom to comment on its content without knowing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the so let me let me just uh, warm everybody up here. The the premise of the interview is is that um, being a primarily sci-fi guy, I'm sure Terry can speak to this, and I think we do represent a lot of model builders out there who just grew up with Star Wars, or that was our, you know, seeing Japanese um, animes as kind of those cementing ideas in our heads of the stuff that mm-hmm. we wanted to build rather than like you know seeing the planes that flew in and out of the local air force base or whatever that thing that kind of right. you know a, you know my dad raced cars so now i'm into building stock cars so that's kind of how we came up and um you know we've all talked about that before and and seeing that article from the president i think obviously rubbed a lot of people people who are actually members of ipms the wrong way and i i found found myself reading the the apology and saying oh come on guys like this is brutal calling calling us non-traditional and mm-hmm. we're newer mm-hmm. and i thought nah, you know what you it's 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 not new it's not non-traditional it's steeped in history and tradition especially if you're talking about models based on films classic films star wars star trek for example going way back gundam 40 years old mm-hmm. it was more of a you know what, IPMS, you're you're ignorant. You're unaware of what's happening outside your own sphere. It's it's annoying that we've been left out and sort of uh, rejected in a way, or kind of been judged as not being real models or not worthy subjects. And a lot of things have sprung from that. Wonderfest, for example, I think is a show that was born out of that. You know, mm-hmm. we're tired of this. We're making our own show. And half the shows I go to in a year cycle are not IPMS shows, probably more. Um, so I, and I was sort of wondering, okay, listen, what, what are you guys going for? You're obviously trying to reach out. You're trying to, I think, I think it's fair to say that it's a dwindling organization and they're trying to reach out. Is it too little, too late? I thought, all right, I'm going to talk to this guy, Rob Booth, and I'm going to give him a, a, a chance to, hey, get your message out there. I'm not going to throw you as many softballs as Stuart throws. But he was, like, <laughs> yeah. he was such a nice, he was such a nice guy. I was pretty soft. Well, but, uh, you anyway, know, the way the, there I was did... enough, there was enough people on the socials doing the hard. Yeah, we don't need to roast. And, yeah. Yeah. We don't need to roast anybody yeah. alive. Yeah. So, and, and uh, anyway, so this is kind of what, what I was getting at. I was like, so what, why do I want to join? It's still unclear to me. Why would I want to join IPMS mm-hmm. National? I have never joined um, yet. I've obviously been a part of the local, and there's a lot of value in a local club. And I've been on and off and in and out as time permits and yep. and what I, you know as things go along. But I've loved being part of the club, and I did sit on uh, the exec for I did a two year term. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's value into all that stuff. I love going to shows and I wouldn't not go to IPMS nationals, but I would definitely choose Wonderfest over that one. If I could only justify one big, mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. model filled weekend, right? Why mm-hmm. does that happen? Just because 
that's where I can go to kind of be with my people and people recognize what I'm talking about. And I don't get that like, oh, uh, <laughs> what's this weird thing? Or yeah, you know what I mean? And that kind of attitude that, that's common. So I don't know. What do, what's your guys take on uh, on on your relationship to IPMS in and out? Okay, Je- uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and go first? Well, my thing with IPMS, first of all, I, I didn't join IPMS until after I joined uh, our local IPMS chapter. And I mm-hmm. and that was like seven years ago, and I'm 67. So, I mean, it was late. I've been a modeler since I was a kid, and I didn't join IPMS. Not because I, you know, partly because I didn't know about it, partly because I was never much of a joiner. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 um and, and it was only once I sort of got into the local group that I decided I'm going to join IPMS Canada because I think it's important from from my perspective to support the hobby and and for lack of a better word, same reason why I kept my subscription to Fine Scale Modeler because I I want to support the hobby and I want to keep that kind of a voice there. Um, since then, though, I mean having worked on the the big thing for me are the magazine art the, the quarterly magazines and the um and the uh, uh, electronic magazines that they send out that we get from canada and and i've enjoyed actually more than anything more than reading them i've enjoyed writing for them and mm-hmm. and awesome. that's been a, that's been a real uh a real kick kick for me i mean it, i never thought i'd do it and i kind of really enjoy it and i highly recommend it to anybody it kind of improves your modeling because you're focusing everything on what you're doing and it improves thinking about why you're doing what you're doing because uh, you're writing about it so i enjoy yeah. that and that's a very personal thing as far as the ipms usa thing and the, the editorial i think that was just a mistake i think it's there was a number of mistakes there i think the, probably the biggest one is the lack of uh peer review before something gets published and and a fair questioning <laughs> of, of what it is you're trying to say because yeah. i'm not i I'm not sure what he was trying to say uh, to which yeah. audience yeah. and through which medium. It just a lot of it didn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, talking to talking to uh, uh, talking to him on the show, very nice guy. I got the strong sense that he he clearly felt that he had been misunderstood, and and right. having read it again, I'm not sure how you could be misunderstood. I think his choice of words. He needed an editor, other than his wife checking oh, for, for sure. Something. For typos yeah more than anything. i reread that article today um from the ipms uh, uh usa journal too and it, it it really was just a poor choice of words to call your own membership freeloaders and you know i kind of asked the question it begged the question why do you have to do anything like just because you join the club doesn't mean you have to volunteer to be at the show like maybe you're busy or just beyond you we he made some good points about you know it's a solitary hobby it is really fun to get together and chit chat with your friends about your favorite jet or show your buddy, your progress or whatever. All that social aspect is so hugely important, but that was about the only point that made any sense to me saying that, you know, what's in it for me? Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're asking me to pay you. What is in it for me? Right? Like that's a fair question. That doesn't make me a freeloader or, or uh or some what dishonorable like we all pay to play right yeah when if you're going to a show and i'm happy there's been opportunities before where i could get into a show for free but i always say well what's the ticket price i'm happy to pay it because i know it's supporting your club and your show and it'll happen again next year um you know what i mean but like there's i don't go to every show 
out of obligation, right? Like if I can't make it, whatever, it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I do. Very, I should, very uh, strange. Very strange. Um, yeah. Well, I that. think it was, and we did, you know, and we mentioned yeah. during, you know, when we previously had the interview, it's like he was writing this in an IPMS for the magazine. It's only he thinks it's only available to IPMS members, but he's directing it to yeah. people who aren't. But it was, and kind then of he was surprised. To those members, well, right? exactly. And then he was surprised yeah. when, you know, when his first posting of it was, yeah. uh, well, I see my things got some traction. Well, yeah, it's not because of the IPMS members. It's because someone, someone took a screenshot and shared it on Facebook. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's yeah. people out, outside the hobby. And I know from speaking, you know, from, I know from the interview speaking to him there, bouncing some email back and forth pre and post interview and talking to some other people I know who are board members, you know, in terms of the editing, you know, that's not going to happen again. Things are going to be checked now. And I think, right. you know, and I, I know, and I get the impression again, not hearing the interview, Anthony, but I get the impression that this mm-hmm. is something within the IPMS board. There's a lot of pent up demand that change has to happen. This is an organ. It's a challenge now. Yeah. For this yeah. sort of groups, you know, whether it's this, the National Model Railroad Association had a similar crisis mm-hmm. about five yeah. to 10 years ago, and they had a guy come on board that really turned things around because organizations like this have to move with the time. And exactly. People are going to say, what are you going to do for me? How is this different than a Facebook group, a web forum? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So that's exactly That's exactly uh, what we're going to talk about with Rob. So we're not rehashing anything to do with Dave. The reason I um, actually reached out to Rob was to say, because he's the guy on Facebook doing the damage control. He's the guy trying to to rein in and say like, hey, we do want to include sci-fi builders. We do Mm want to include the um, wargaming crowd, like these sort of parallel hobbies that are Mm -hmm. like almost the same thing, but kind of different. Yep. And, and so I thought, oh, and he's catching a lot of shit too. So I thought, you know what, this would be a great guy to talk to. No, exactly. And I think that's And I know you already, you already spoke to Dave. So we're kind of, we're, I'm asking questions. What's Ford? What, what are you doing? What do you, what's your, what is your message? And I gave him lots of opportunity to explore that. And I did try to give him some serious questions because I was not happy with the apology. And I have my air quotes up. The apology to the uh, non-traditional builders and i just thought that was so ridiculous you know like i uh, well it's really it's, it's one of many difficult conversations that's gonna have to be done uh terry before we move on to the interview do you have any comments um yeah i, I think it's it's tone deaf it's it's uh yeah. wanting to you know wanting to get more people in the big tents but then uh insulting them on the way in yeah yeah and I think they sort of realized that I, I, I don't know. I'm speculating we, here. Look, we all have our implicit biases. Yeah. We all have our preferences. I don't build Nazi subjects. I don't. Yeah. I build Nazi. Imperial Japanese subjects. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so we, we all have that. It's just when you're in a position of leadership in an organization like this, you have all of those people. Yeah. And you... You say you want all of those people, so don't uh, you know? Don't pee in the pool. Here, 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 here. Yeah, all right. It's, so it's more than that. It's more than that because peeing in the pool, nobody, nobody knows you peed in the pool. Right? <laughs> True enough. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> all right. On that note, so <laughs> so Anthony, you said this is a fairly long interview, right? 
yeah, we're going to have part one uh, in this episode. And right. uh, view, uh, listeners, pre- please stay tuned for part two. So I, and I do a... believe, yeah, I do believe there is, we did discuss that there's going to be a future interview and we're going to talk about judging because that's another awesome. hot topic. We barely, oh, barely oh, talked that's, about. I know, I know we right? were going to, we decided not to on my interview with him. Uh, with Dave yeah, originally, it's its yeah, because it's its, its own its kettle of own, worms, yeah, it's right? its own like, bucket of worms, yeah. Of course, we're talking about the gold, silver, bronze versus the one, two, three, yeah. and the pitfalls, yeah, Coke versus that. Pepsi, and, uh, pretty well, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's certainly, it's certainly, well, I don't even know if I'd characterize it that way, but it, everyone's gonna have their own opinions. But we, we, we did discuss we we're gonna have a, a future conversation about that because Rob Booth is very experienced, he was a uh, chief judge. For his own, um, his own uh, locality, and I, and I think he's involved with that in, in terms of the national convention as well. So mm-hmm. we'll have some, we'll have we'll have an interesting discussion on that. I have a ton of thoughts about judging and like obviously uh, Terry's an experienced judge. Like I've been doing it for a while now myself. Even I don't consider myself that experienced. But anyway, lots to talk about right. there. Look forward to that. So the first one's about an hour, the first part. So get yourself a nice, a, a nice, comfortable yeah. drink, unless you're driving. No, 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 no drinking while you're driving. Listen to the podcast. And here we go right now. Welcome to SMP's Model Insider with your humble host, Anthony Goodman. Let's dive behind the scenes with special guests from all aspects of the scale model world. Let's find out what's going on. Welcome, 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 SMP listeners. It's Anthony, your host. I'm back. Uh, I had to dust off my microphone. I got a special guest here. It's quite timely. There's a whole bunch of stuff been going on. You've heard about it. And I was, I felt compelled to discuss all this stuff. And I have with me an excellent guest. The one and only Rob Booth, Secretary of IPMS USA, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on. And uh, welcome to the show, Rob. How are you doing? Well, howdy, and thanks for having me. Uh, busy time right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're uh, trying to get ready yeah. for the Nats. I'm I'm on the yep. Nats 2023 team. Uh, oh, I handled, wow. the, handled the decals and the awards and and. Uh, Cool. Merchandise and then kind of whatever else Lynn needs me to do. So uh been pretty busy with that, getting all the awards together. We right on. figured out today we lack about uh 10 categories of being completely sold out, which will be a wow. Uh, I think we'll get there. That's that'll be cool. a huge milestone. I don't think that's ever been done before. Yeah, excellent. That's that's wonderful. And I'm sure that you are just been crazy busy. So yep. All right, so I, I promise I wouldn't I wouldn't roast you because you know I'm a <laughs> I'm a sci-fi guy, right? But we're but I did say we we're going to ask some some uh, some questions and, and we'll and we'll get to those. But tell us a little bit about uh, just your background, your interests. You know, you've been modeling for a while. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. As I said, I'm on the Nat 2023 team. Mm-hmm. I just retired as the chief judge for. Uh, the Alamo Squadron San Antonio chapter model fiesta finally passing the torch on that. We're doing a lot of kind of experimental stuff uh, with that contest, judging procedures and criteria, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. I stepped away from that to let the other guys handle the paperwork. And and uh, I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on how we actually judge stuff. Interesting. Um, 
Anyway, we can talk more about that in a minute. Um, yeah. I'm also, I live in Kerrville, Texas, uh, which is in the hill country. We're about two, little over two hours drive west of Austin and about an hour and 15 minutes northwest of San Antonio. I moved up here in 2002 or three, I believe, mm-hmm. was in San Antonio before that. Uh, my background business-wise, I'm retired now. Uh, I was a uh, construction project manager and estimator for a general co- for general contractors throughout mm-hmm. my career, which I guess kind of led to my well. I started modeling when I was a kid. My dad yeah. was in the Air Force, uh, and okay. uh, when he got sent to Vietnam uh, as a uh, Jolly Green pilot out of, out of Da Nang in sixty seven sixty eight, he flew mm-hmm. rescue missions, uh, wow. picking up unfortunate fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. in uh, in North Vietnam and and uh, bringing them back home and I started building models because I missed him you know and, and yeah having airplanes to play with you know kind of kind of kept me in tune with all of that so anyway I was military brat from the word go I was born at West Point uh, at the military oh, wow. academy my dad was not there he was uh, he was in the Air Force uh, and they happened to be home on leave uh, in Peekskill New York so I started up a little closer to your neck of the woods, but got to Texas mm-hmm. as fast as I could. Anyway, um, I'm married. My wife, Teresa, for 19 years. Uh, we're a blended family. Got mm-hmm. four adult children, four grandkids, and had a great grandchild born this year. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thanks. Kind of hit me between the eyes. I don't feel that old, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so. It does. So I retired in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic got really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, the director of pre-construction services for a general contractor up here in the Hill Country. Was in the business for about 45 years. Started out as a carpenter's helper when I was a kid, uh, framing houses during the summer. While I was in high school and college and uh, Kind of worked my way up through things uh, to be an estimator and a project manager and ended up being a, a director of everything that goes on before a project happens uh, for this company I was working for. Yeah. All that to set up to say that what I did in real life is kind of a parallel to the scale modeling hobby. What you do in both is uh, you take raw materials and and you follow a set of instructions and you come up with a finished product at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And if you've built enough models, you realize that sometimes those instructions always aren't the greatest uh, mm-hmm. guide to build by. And same thing's true in the construction business. Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the blueprints aren't as great as they should be, but yeah. Uh, I'm a fellow tradesman and I often tell apprentices like we're you're first and foremost a problem solver. Exactly. I feel like I retired at the right time and the business is just, uh, it's not like it used to be. It's harder and harder to find good, good tradesmen and, and good subcontractors to do the work. So when you lose all your contacts that, that do a good job for you over the years, because they, you know, they retire or they go out of business or whatever, it, it was time to back away anyway. So that's, that's kind of personal background on me. I said, I started building models when I was a kid when my dad was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Of course, you get in high school and it's not necessarily all that cool anymore. So you hmm. move on to uh, girls' cars and rock and roll, as they say. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I 
didn't build anything while I was in college or, or uh, in high school. But when after I got married and I had my son, we were trying to figure out how to decorate the a little boy's room. So I got the idea that I would go out and buy some 72 scale airplane kits and, and I would build a mobile out mm-hmm. of them and, with coat hangers and fish line and that kind of stuff. So it, mm-hmm. that kind of got me back into it. And I've, I've been going pretty strong ever since. And uh, sort of got serious. Everybody has that canon moment, moment as they've been talking about on the on the posse. I, I started back in heavily in the mid '90s to late '90s when I joined the club in San Antonio. Some of the original guys in that club brought me in, and and man, within two years they had already suckered me into uh, <laughs> being the being the uh, chief judge for the contest and. I had oh, only been man. judging for a couple of years, but the punishment. And it, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, like I said, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, but, uh, it's rewarding, but it's also a huge pain in the ass, right? It well, it is, and it's both. You know, I managed to the very first year that I was the chief judge. I was on the microphone, literally begging for judges because nobody was stepping up to judge, uh-huh. which is. A recurrent problem that we it still is. seem to have, you know, yeah, it is. everybody, everybody likes to show off stuff, but you know, I'd, I'd rather go out and have a burger and a beer with the guys than I would spend the time judging, but mm-hmm. we're working on that. Uh, we're, we got some incentives um, mm-hmm. anyway. So I, I was, uh, I was in the San Antonio club, golly, probably from the mid nineties on, I guess. And they, they got me into IPMS pretty quickly. Went to my first Nats was in 2000 in uh, in Dallas that's the last time it that the Nats was held in Texas so mm-hmm. we're really excited to bring it back yeah. home nice before i retired i moved from san antonio here to kerrville where i live now i was still commuting once a month to go down to san antonio to the club meeting there those were all my longtime modeling buds and i didn't want to give it up just cuz i moved an hour away but you know once a month seeing those guys Sometimes it doesn't seem like enough. So I kind of put out the feelers up here and found, I don't know, four or five guys that were retired that putzed around with models in their spare time. And we started a a Tuesday night build group and Mm -hmm. uh, it's still going strong. We we actually became a chartered chapter in 2014 and we're hoping to hopefully have our first contest in 2024. Nice. Yeah. After we recover from the Nats, uh, we're the Texas Hill Country Scale Modelers. Um, I try to throw something out on Facebook on Tuesday nights of, of everything that the guys are working on. And yeah, I saw that. a few pics. And uh, so we just sit here and build models and drink a little whiskey every now and then and <laughs> talk, talk BS, you know, as most yep. of us do. That's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, uh, excellent. And I, I love a, a build night. You know, and I think I think that's the type of club environment that really benefits everybody. And in fact, I'm trying to start my own uh, Gundam centric club in in London. So we do have we have our local IPMS London, um, right? And, and it's it, it's a strong and thriving club. And they have they have a build night. They have a in person meeting. Typically at the meeting, there is not a ton of building going on. It's more social time, right. show and tell. Some some guys build or guys and gals build a little bit or whatever, but the main thing is the kind of you know the club business and all that type of thing. My experience as a sci-fi guy is that that stuff is very much on the fringe, right? On right. the outside of that club. So 
I've been thinking about it. I would love to have a build night where, you know what, everyone can see and know what everyone else is doing and kind of, right. you know, you get that recognition and people understand because uh, they're into the same topic and that kind of thing. Honestly, Anthony, that's why I, I try to put those pictures out there on Facebook. And I've noticed a couple of other chapters have started doing that too, if they have build nights or, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, if you look at what we do here in our little group, we've got, we got guys that do everything and we've got a wide range. I got about probably eight regular guys that to participate more or less every week or every other week. Um, we just picked up a new guy here locally in Kerrville that, that is a gun builder and has been for a while. And mm. I just, I'm amazed at some of the stuff he does. Bright young guy. He's going to be my mentor on, on following through on some of my Gundam projects that I've got going here. Right on. Um, we got Jose who's here locally. Got a guy um, who is a retired aircraft mechanic that retired from Mooney Aircraft, which was uh, here at the Kerrville Airport. They're pretty much gone. I think the Japanese bought the company, but they still do parts and stuff here. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that's a that's an interesting old line aircraft company. Yeah, I've got uh, Dana Mathis and Stan Spooner that come up from uh, Bernie, which is about halfway between here and San Antonio. And those guys are, they're national, if not world-class armor modelers. Uh, Stan's been published in a lot of the, to me, a model magazine and, you know, some of those other things. Uh, right on. And he's really, really good at that. So they've been, they've been slowly drawing me into the dark side of armor. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got a couple armor projects I've been working on. And then uh, Alex Hay is another local guy who, he is our sci-fi guru here in the club. Uh, he built battle. It wasn't from Star Wars. It was from like Battlestar Galactica, maybe one of the TV oh, okay. series. Yeah, but uh, like a Battlestar but, or the. Yeah, it would. I mean, it was basically a round thing, and he took this ancient kit and literally glued thousands of individual bits of styrene to enhance the detail around the outside oh, of this see. thing. It sounds like a Cylon Raider. Um, I can't remember exactly. That's kind of a roundish. Uh, roundish. Uh, may, maybe so. We all went to the uh, Austin Model Club show here. And this has been probably 10 years ago, I guess. He, uh, he put that on the table and uh, it, it was definitely got everybody's attention. And uh, I was the Excellent. chief aircraft. I was a head aircraft judge that year. And when it came time for all of us to go around and pick the, uh, the best show, I realized that Alex's model was the, uh, was the best science fiction uh, subject to be put forward in contention for best of show. Mm-hmm. And the guy that, uh, that was the head science fiction judge, we, you know, we, of course you go around and you describe each model as you, as the head mm-hmm. judge for that category or that class and, and right. describe the merits of it and all that. But when we got to that one, it struck me that, Oh, that's Alex's model. The judge is describing this thing and he's telling the rest of the judges what he did to this model to, to, to get it to that stage and how well it had been painted and weathered and, and so on and so forth. And, and he said, I, wouldn't even try to count them, but he said, I guarantee you there's at least a thousand individual panels that he has, you know, enhanced the surface of this model with. It came down to a, a 
we ended up with a tiebreaker between that's that model and the uh, and the figure model that was up, and uh, and his model ended up winning best of show. Wow. So, uh, so I have in my little club here, I have three best of show winners as as part of my group, and that's amazing. I keep hoping I keep hoping some of that stuff's going to rub off on me one of these days, but oh. <laughs> it hasn't so far. You know, I keep trying to rub elbows with good modelers, and, and that's uh, the yeah, that's the secret. So, was can I ask you? Was there any grumbling? from the the general uh fans or participants of that a sci-fi model was taken the best of show at that particular event no i i don't think so because this is going to sound strange but we have a unique modeling community here in in texas um and i think people are going to be surprised uh when they come to the nats this year at the participation i i want to say dick told me the other day there's a already nearly 170 pre-registrants from the state of Texas. I mean, nice. you would, ex- you would expect, you know, the home state to, to, to have the biggest showing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge presence here. Our modeling community in Texas is, is so well-rounded. You don't get this uh, gatekeeping attitude in most of our clubs that you hear about. That's, which is why this mm-hmm. whole subject kind of confounds me. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, it's, something that's been associated with IPMS uh, it's, club it's, it's and a thing. politics, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, it's 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 a thing. I promise you, I've been on the receiving end of it. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, we're a good bunch in in this in Region Six uh, of IPMS here, and all of our clubs really cooperate well with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all support each other's local shows. It's the thing about Texas is. We're, we're so big geographically that, you know, for us to go to another local club show, it's, it's an hour and a half drive for me to get to the, to the show in, in that we do in New Braunfels for the San Antonio club. Mm-hmm. It's two and a half hours for me to get to the show that the Austin club puts on. It's pushing four hours for me to drive to a Houston show. Um, mm-hmm. It's five hours for me to drive to the Dallas show we're all used to that long distance commute to, mm-hmm. to go to a show where as the folks in the, in the Eastern half of the country, the metropolitan centers are a whole lot closer together. Those guys can, can probably drive to four or five shows within two to three hours of, of where they live. So uh, it's, you know, we don't get to go to as we don't have the choice to go to as many shows here in Texas as, as maybe some of the folks on the East coast or, or maybe even mm-hmm. on the West coast get to do, you know, you're away from those guys. So you're glad to see them and everybody's looking at each other's work, which I mean, mm-hmm. that goes on at any show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, point I'm trying to make is if, if, if you're coming to the Nats in San Marcos next month, then uh, I think you're going to find a, a hugely welcoming community and we like all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody's got their specialty, but you know, we all, we all appreciate each other's work. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I think that's what it's all about. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Well, we seem to have run to a bit of a technical snag. So just to fill you in, dear listeners, 
I was pointing out to Rob how I had noticed in uh, the Japanese modeling culture, there was a real admiration, respect, interest, what have you, in basically any type of subject. And they're all sort of treated in this very equal way. You would find uh, builders building all kinds of subjects, and you can see that throughout modeling magazines there and whatnot. So I was asking Rob about his impression of some of the attitudes that pop up uh, on occasion in the scale model community uh, that sci-fi builders have to deal with. Part of the the experience of sci-fi modelers is that they're treated with a little less regard and taken a little less seriously and basically having an all-round dismissive tone applied to their subjects and that type of thing. Just to overall not being held to the same regard as the real world subjects. And, and that's something that does hurt people um, who build sci-fi and uh, yeah, not being taken seriously. No one really enjoys that because the process is the same. The techniques are the same and the outcomes are a lot of times the same in terms of building very appealing models that uh, capture your attention, that are technically excellent, that are stylistically excellent. Those are some of the issues that that kind of disturbed sci-fi model builders. And, and we were we were just about to get into that. So please carry on. Apologies for the uh, technical error. And uh, I hope uh, Rob's message can get through loud and clear. <laughs> you, uh, you know, when you, you, uh, I think you put a post on Facebook, which I saw, um, and you said that you were pretty you were put off by Dave's statement and, and, and you were disappointed by the, uh, what the e-board put out, the, the statement we released after that. Yes. Um, which, um, you know, we, we expected some of that. Um, for sure. there, there were, I'm sure there were a lot of people calling for Dave's head and, and uh, I got to well, admit. Let's not get I, too carried away. <laughs> uh, well, and, and you know, to be perfectly honest, when I first read it, I was pretty hot about it. Um, yeah, again, talking about the the president's message, um, he wasn't really uh, discussing science fiction per se, but a lot of the comments were were definitely uh, construed amongst the the club membership and right. and other modelers in general. But yeah, give, give us your take on that. Since you're, right. you're part of the executive, you're close to it. You're catching some flack for this. <laughs> you know, it's not your fault. <laughs> well, I I gotta tell you, I I love Dave like an older brother. I mean, he's he's really has he, he's a he's a good leader for the board, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of keeps everybody on the on the right pages and and doing our jobs. Um, and so we've been working really really hard for the last year and a half to try to change this perception of what IPMS is um, Mm -hmm. and, and that it's nothing but a bunch of old fogies who like to build nothing but airplanes and, uh, and then judge everything else like it is an airplane. And, you know, there's probably some credence to that uh, in the history of, of IPMS over the Mm -hmm. years, you know, it was, Definitely started back in the '60s by uh, by a bunch of aircraft builders, and and that part of it has uh, 
has stuck with the organization over the years. Um, and so, you know, a lot of our membership is, is uh, I'm, I'm 67 and then I'm about to be 68. And a lot of the guys are older than I am. Um, mm. So it, if nothing else, it makes me feel young a lot of the time, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, there's, there are some generational issues that, uh, that we're trying to get past here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's kind of a natural thing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the old guys tend to give the young guys a hard time. It just seems to kind of be the way it works. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in a military family and I guarantee you, I know all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, suffice to say that, uh, you know, Dave's, Dave, Dave got an earful from the board and, and from the membership and, and uh, you know, to say nothing of the online roasting that he got. Um, but uh, I can tell you that uh, he's very much on board and very much in step with the rest of us in trying to uh, make IPMS a, a welcoming organization to mm-hmm. all modelers, uh, regardless of what it is that you build. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we have to, you know, we have to acknowledge the older, the older guys in, in IPMS and, and the older guys in the hobby in general. I mean, they they got us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, younger people are, are looking at uh, different subject matter and, and different techniques and, uh, you know, when you put everything in perspective, if you think back to the mid sixties, uh, what, what were people that did built scale models? What were we doing then? Um, you know, the, the, you know, the predominant, uh, subject matter in the hobby was, was, uh, factually based stuff and historically mm-hmm. based stuff, uh, cars obviously, and, mm-hmm. and military hardware. That's, that's what, you know, most of the, uh, model kit manufacturers were making because that's what, what sold in those days. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were painting kits with Pactra enamels and, and the early testers square bottles of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, just imagine how far we've come in the hobby from that to where we are now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, in my, and this is just my opinion, IPMS probably hasn't always kept pace. We're definitely not, uh, haven't kept pace in the last probably 15 to 20 years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think the pace of change has really is also compressed has, or has, uh, is, is, is greater in the last decade or two decades, let's say. Um, well, I mean, back in those days, airbrushes and photo etch and resin parts and all that, that was, you know, those were luxuries from the cutting edge of technology uh, yeah. in the sixties and seventies. And, and now that's, that's, I mean, you get those things in, in a kit that you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just remember that was 60 years ago. Uh, that was before fax machines were commonplace, uh, let alone computers and the internet. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything has come a long way in the last 60 years. Technology, technology is just overtaken everything 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the popularity of and sales of Bandai subjects uh, as compared to the rest of the hobby. Um, yeah, it's huge. All, all that to say, you know, it's it's we we've been trying real hard, and 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 uh, I think we're we're beginning to make some headway in moving past all those generational misconceptions about you know IPMS mm-hmm. and then and what the hobby is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're doing our best to pick up speed and get back with the rest of the hobby. Um, and you know when when Dave's uh, when Dave's uh, uh, commentary hit the you know hit the internet, which I'm sure he never expected that to happen. Uh, that was written in the journal, which technically only goes to IPMS members. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably never gave it a second thought. Um, and you know there was a flash about it, and uh, you know. We we tried to laugh along with it, which I think we did a pretty good job of. Nobody nobody took it terribly seriously, but mm-hmm. um, rather than focus on the negative uh, of 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 what he put out there, you know, again we tried to laugh at ourselves, and more importantly, uh, we tried real hard to focus on what we're putting out as the larger message of how to improve IPMS and become more relevant. Uh, within the broader hobby community, mm-hmm. um, all you got to look at the do is look at the numbers. Uh, you look at the numbers of people that are in online groups, uh, and uh, versus we've got, I think, forty five hundred members, give or take. Uh, and uh, there are online groups that, of course, you know that's worldwide. I'm not sure what the total IPMS membership is worldwide, but uh, uh, suffice to say, it's probably nothing compared to the uh, to the online modeling community mm-hmm. that's that's in in online groups that uh, use that as a way to communicate about the hobby mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know we we are what we are and uh, we're doing our best to try to get better and yeah. uh, be more welcoming and you know uh, we we made a commitment as an executive board back in 2021 to be transparent to our membership. That's pretty much what we all ran on to, to get elected to the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to, of course, present that more inclusive and welcoming men- message to the rest of the hobby. Uh, and none of us were content to just maintain what's become a status quo yeah. within the organization. Uh, and honestly, we've been working on that for a couple of years now. Right. And it's obviously something that's going to take some time to transition over to. So right. w- what I've noticed about uh, like going to my local IPMS shows and doing judging and that kind of thing. And, and this is relevant to the Nats coming up is that I find, and I think I'm, I, I don't want to say for sure that I'm speaking for other, you know, sci-fi um, heavy builders, but the, the categories always seem to be something that's like, not I'm not I don't gonna say straight up incorrect, but it's always a problem. They're never quite set up correctly. Um, and that kind of skews the judging and makes it harder for judges. Um, is that something that's being looked at in terms of trying to welcome in the sci-fi or like the miniature uh, game gaming 
painting world, right that's a whole separate another kind of niche or not even right. niche is probably the wrong term right but another no, just another part hobby. of the hobby yeah right. sort of an adjacent hobby right right um i know that uh, that the ncc is always looking at the categories based on what comes into the show mm-hmm. uh from year to year and as as participation in given classes in different categories grow they look at expanding those categories in, you know, some sort of logical manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, let's face it, air, it, there's apples and oranges. I mean, aircraft aren't yeah. like cars and cars aren't like ships and, mm-hmm. and science fiction stuff. I, I, you can probably have 15 different classes within that if you really want to start splitting yeah. it down to individual things. And it so... Almost, uh, I'm sorry, finish your thought. Well, but but the thing is, uh, and, and the NCC has actually been pretty good about this over the years, is that as things grow in popularity um, and, and those classes and those categories grow in the individual number of models that are put on the table, mm-hmm. you know, they recognize that. They keep track of all that stuff from year to year. And okay. so they'll broaden things. But again, and and I got... I got fussed at in this in the statement that we put out because I I said something to the effect of the Gundams and and Mecha and Anime and and some of the science fiction uh, subject matter uh-huh. I, I referred to those as non traditional <laughs> and yes I was quite I, upset by that I, I I caught a few <laughs> arrows about that but if you you know again if you put it in the context of of where IPMS sits. Yeah. To to our membership, those those are not necessarily, you know, that's not the traditional stuff yeah. that IPMS it, was built on. So we're again, yeah. this 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 group that I'm with, it's on the e-board, is recognizes that and we're doing our best to be welcoming and open to yeah. uh, asking those folks out there in 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 these at least to mm-hmm. you know the 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 IPMS way of looking at things, it's fairly new to them. Yeah. So it's more uh, of an unfamiliar, unfamiliar, it's, it's unfamiliar territory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, those things, I mean, a lot of those things have been, re- I'm, I'm sure you've heard this and, and maybe you're aware now, but like Gundam goes back to 1979, the uh, like Star Trek must've kicked off modeling like in the 1960s. The, series, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, but, and, and Star Wars kind of maybe in the seventies and Battlestar Galactica, I, I'm assuming those are the big things. So I've right, been building right. Gundam kits since the very early nineties when I could get my hands on them, but they have a, right. a, a, a the decade before was very, was, you know, very popular and storied in Asia and Japan specifically. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there, I mean, you, you, you've got to, concede that there's really a difference in culture in, yeah. involved in 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 those genres versus the historical and factual subject matter that mm-hmm. that the society was built on and you know again it's a generational thing uh it, it's change is a scary thing uh mm-hmm. to to most people and you know when someone someone brings something in that you're not familiar with um, you, you might recognize it as 
golly, just a beautiful piece of work. I mean, I've seen Gundam pieces on the table that just blow me away from the standpoint of how good the modeling is and the, and the extra, uh, the, the painting and the shading and, and, you know, work that's gone into it uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, it takes just as much time, effort and craftsmanship to do something like that than it does to do, you know, any, any other factually mm-hmm. based uh, uh, modeling subject. And so, but it's, different from what you're used to looking at so it's intimidating to you yeah um and i think that's what you know we're we're working hard on on trying to get past all that i mean there's Mm -hmm. a lot i i learned so much from alex and and uh and uh jose in in their science fiction subjects they're building you know different little techniques that they use that help me in in uh weathering aircraft and and Mm -hmm. stuff uh, so it's yeah, the, you know. the, pro- the projects and the techniques are exactly the same as uh, like a mecha subject uh, versus a World War II aircraft. It's literally this, if, if you're if you're not doing a weekend build, kind of slapping it together, you're 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 treating it seriously. You're a serious modeler. You spent time honing some skills and learning. They're really the same. You're you're ending up with a vehicle and you're doing all the same processes in terms of model building, right. Airbrushing, right. Uh, you know, basic fundamental stuff. So I'm, I'm always a little baffled on, um, being a judge and coming on and and sorry, this is jumping back a little bit about our, to our conversation about the categories is that Mm -hmm. really the science fiction, the way I'm would like to see it. And what I've sort of come to terms with is that, Basically, there's a parallel in science fiction for every real world category, right? You have aircraft, you have sci-fi aircraft, you have armor, you have yep. sci-fi armor, right? Right. right. It's always been a challenge when they say, okay, we have our aircraft categories, we have our armor, we have auto figures, et cetera. And you get down to sci-fi and it's like, all right, so we have a figure <laughs> of a sci-fi character and then right. a mecha, which is a vehicle right and a spaceship you know that's like an aircraft carrier right and, and okay now we gotta we gotta go uh gold silver or sorry one two three right we're judging one, right two, three. right so i always found that quite and then they they uh they always slap the real space in there <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i, I, I scratch I, our head a little bit i yeah i I'm I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah. Um, the uh, I I know in uh, in San Antonio we made the decision to move real space into the miscellaneous category rather than try to lump it in with Ooh, science fiction. Miscellaneous, miscellaneous. Oh, so, I hate see, that term. I hate that term. Uh, it uh, well, but science fiction and real spacecraft. Again, that's apples and oranges. Yeah, I'd almost think that uh, um, that real space belongs with navy subjects, right? D- doesn't don't all those projects sort of originate from that world, and all those people who work on those things come from that background? I, I could be wrong. Just an impression. Well, I got. yeah, just it. I think that depends on what it is they're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm not a, a, a space expert. Uh, Me neither. I, I know a lot of guys that are, that are probably cringing right now, but uh, yeah. um, a lot of the, 
you know, look at in look at it in terms of subject matter and kits. Um, the the predominance of subject matters that kit makers do fits those traditional or uh, classes of of what it is that we work on. You know, mm-hmm. aircraft, armor, military vehicles, uh, automobiles, um, ships. Um, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Figures, maybe skewered for figures it. Well, are, are quite popular. figures. I don't yeah. get me going on that. Figures <laughs> to me is is that's uh, you know that's a whole different art form. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's a parallel it, hobby, it, right? It, it, it really is. Yeah, and yeah. and I've I've yet to go to uh, I've yet to go to any of the big figure shows. That's on my bucket list to do one of these days. Yeah, but, like uh, they have their own. Yeah, and and that's I mean that truly is art. I mean we're all doing, you know, little miniature works of art, but that yeah, that's a whole different transcendent level. From, but it's a it's it's from building same, a vehicle. So it is but the it's same, the same. It's the same idea, right? It, it's, it's a miniature, the same family, a miniature right. version, it, and it involves all the same processes, and you end up with a with a similar thing at the end, right? A miniature right. version of something, right? Right. Um, yeah, I Which do. Is, I hate that. I hate the term miscellaneous. That always drives me a little bit nuts. Yeah. Well, but so. there's there's stuff that doesn't really fit within everything else, and mm-hmm. and until it gets its own class, you know, that's kind of yeah. where we we decide to put it. And again, as long as as that category begins to grow in participation and number of entries, then mm-hmm. it it will get its own place at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see the abolishment of miscellaneous because. To me, that almost says like, well, here's all the other junk that we're not that interested in. So we'll shove it in the corner. <laughs> and well, you're like, oh, I just spent six months on this. <laughs> so it's, it really, you know, there's just, uh, I was looking at the category list the other day. There's really just one or two purely miscellaneous categories that are in the miscellaneous class. The rest of it is made up of things like um, hypothetical Mm-hmm. stuff you know what if what if or, or uh, luft 46 type projects and that right. kind of stuff um uh humor and modeling is a category in there yes and that's always fun to look at you know there's some really creative guys out there that that put some unusual stuff in there i remember mm-hmm. a, a uh a stormtrooper in one scale that was walking a, a smaller scale ATAT, <laughs> and it was up against it was up against a fire hydrant taking a pee so, yeah. it, taking uh, a pee see, yes so, uh, yeah, that's, see, it's that yeah. kind of stuff and that's you know that's creative but yeah i don't think you really want to put that in the science no. fiction category no, no. yeah so but but um, so it strikes me that humor is the category right, right? that's we don't that's, even need a miscellaneous that's the category yeah. but it's but it fits within the miscellaneous grouping oh i see of, yeah. of those categories Mm-hmm. Uh, triathlon is one, you know, uh, collections, mm-hmm. group builds and, and chapter builds. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you, I, there was a huge entry last year in Omaha by the posse guys of Sherman's, oh, yes. I think yeah. it was. Okay. That's right. And so do you put that in an armor category? Um, it could be a sub, uh, yeah. One of the sub groupings but, in armor but chances are yeah. you're not unless you're at the, the Nats, only collection yeah unless you're at the Nats, you're probably not going to have uh more than one 
yeah. big armor collection like that. The collections are always really varied, right? It's always like yes. a set of cars, a set of robots, a right. set of something right. unpredicted. Right. Yeah. And and there's they have their own set there that category has its own set of rules. That All right, I'll let it to, slide, Rob. So <laughs> you keep using miscellaneous. <laughs> um anyway, okay. But uh, well yeah. that's uh we can we can talk more about yeah. you know shows and judging here in a minute. Yeah. We were we were kind of on a roll there about IPMS and and uh, yeah. what, the, what what the current board was is is has been trying to do. Yeah. So obviously, and you've been working on this for a while. There's right. obviously like obviously Dave's comments kind of irked a, a lot of people online. Um, right. But you're 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 as an older generational uh, group. You're, you, people are seeing science fiction stuff filter in and become more popular or more present or whatever. Right. Um, so, so what, what are the ways that IPMS uh, USA is trying to, um, to, to bring in these groups to the fold? I mean, we did talk about adding more categories. It shows, is there right. any other ways that they're doing that? Well, it's, it's, this is going to surprise a lot of people, I guess, but um, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of folks like that. They're already here. They're already members of IPMS mm-hmm. and uh, they just, uh, they tend to be less vocal and less um, at least, at least in, in the internal politics of what goes on with, with IPMS, they tend to be less vocal and less participate participatory about that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, everybody's personality is different and, uh, you know, people are motivated to do different things in different ways. And one of the reasons that I got involved in the board, uh, and, and decided to run was because I felt like, um, there was a, a big part of the membership that wasn't, didn't feel like they were getting a a voice in Mm -hmm. how the organization was being run. And, you know, in, in all the shows that I go to um, around Texas and, and when I go to the Nats and I talk to people, um, there, there's a, there was a sense of, you know, what can I do to, I, you know, nothing I can do to change anything. Well, and, it's very, yeah, very present. And I think a lot of people have given up. It, they, they can look to alternatives. Well, and it, you know, in a lot of ways, that's just a reflection of the way society is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not to get into sociopolitical discussions or any of that, but uh, the, you know, the fact is you got to have a desire. If you, if you got to have the desire to step up and make your voice heard, if you want to affect any kind of change. Absolutely. Um, and so the first, the first thing we did as a board uh, when we were elected or after we were elected back in 2021, I think it was, uh, was we made it again, we made this commitment to be transparent to the membership. And I've tried real hard to get all of the board meetings uh, minutes and, and such published right away so that there wasn't a long lag in, in uh, what the board decided to do or put out there that so that the membership could see what we were doing. Um, but, uh, but the biggest push has been, uh, we've, we've gone through a pretty comprehensive review of the constitution and bylaws. 
mm-hmm. of the organization. And uh, the last time that had been done was in 2017. And those guys did a bang up job back then. Uh, it, it, it had needed some updating over the years to, you know, to evolve with, with the organization. But, uh, you know, we've, we've, We've gone through these amend. We've we've put forth these amendments. They're out now for a vote by the membership. The vote the voting opens up uh, July the first, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, members can go online and vote uh, through. Well, they'll get an email, uh, and they can go on and vote through our new IPMS uh, Wild Apricot. Uh, my my IPMS USA uh, software membership software that we do, or you mm-hmm. can. When the journal comes to the house, you know, there's a whole, the, everything's listed in there. And then there's a paper ballot in there that you can send, uh, send in your, your votes to uh, Marie there in, in Florida at the national office. Um, but the, we, we tried to make some, uh, first thing we tried to do was we tried to eliminate any kind of barriers uh, to membership in mm-hmm. IPMS. So we, 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 re, we reworked the, uh, uh, we reworked the, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the, the discrimination clauses, uh, that are in the perp in the front end of the constitution. So that it's very clear. We're welcoming to anybody who wants to come into IPMS and be a member. Um, uh, we've, uh, tried to be inclusive to everybody out there uh, again not getting into socially social political discussions but mm-hmm. we we expanded that to basically see anybody that wants to be a member of IPMS can be a member of IPMS and uh, we put in a, a clause that says we encourage active participation by the membership in the running of the organization mm-hmm. which wasn't in there before um, we Put in a clause in in the uh, in the president's uh, duties that says that he's going to give an annual state of the society address mm-hmm. uh, to outline new goals and progress on current goals for the society. I don't mm-hmm. think that's really been pushed very well in the past. Um, we strengthened the duties and requirements of some of our officers uh, to make sure that they were coordinating with each other in their efforts. Um, and another important one, uh, another important, uh, piece of language we put in is we clarify the purpose and duty of the executive board. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's not just to be officers on the e-board and preside over the society. Uh, we said that our, our job is to provide leadership, oversight, and long range planning to the benefit of the society, its members, its functions, in strict accordance with the purposes and objectives outlined in the constitution. Mm-hmm. So everything we do has to be aligned with that first, uh, first section of the constitution that says what we're all about. Um, we added a, a requirement that the uh, constitution be reviewed every four years and updated as appropriate. Mm-hmm. The, that, well, I'll get to that. We, we clarified the elections process to streamline it a little bit now that we have software to, to help us with stuff. 
-hmm. It makes our election and our amendment process much easier than it used to be. Again, you know, technology is is totally different now than it was even yeah. 10 years ago, yeah. let, let alone 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, and it takes time to implement and kind of get, get those uh, adapted, those new systems adapted to a, right. a bigger scale. Well, and it, and it takes time to afford them, quite frankly. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, so what, what we really did was we provided for an expanded, uh, more formalized leadership structure. Okay. Uh, that allows us to form committees uh, more easily and, uh, and functional staff to do things. Um, you know, we're eight guys. We can't, we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we got lots of good ideas. Uh, we got lots of passion for what it is that we do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's eight guys. And, uh, you know, the only other, the only other committees that, that we really had, at least when I came on the board, was the National Contest Committee, who runs the, the contest at the Nats, mm -hmm. and not really officially a, a committee, but we had the Reviewer Corps, which is under the, the, under the direction of the first vice president, whose job it is to mingle with the industry people and, and bring in new kits and, and new part you know aftermarket parts to evaluate and review and and okay so sort of li liaison with the professional exa industry ex exactly and so phil does that he does a good job of that and and the reviewer core um i think a lot of people i, I apparently i mean i i do reviews myself a lot so i know what's out there and i i look at stuff a lot on there but apparently a lot of the guys uh in some of the Facebook groups had no idea that even existed. Uh, so right. that's a re that's mm -hmm. a resource that we have to offer. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we're, you know, we're working on some things to, to make that even better. Um, Interesting. But, uh, but anyway, the, you know, the, the ability to appoint committees um, as, as a board, you know, with, I, I think the, 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 I, the, the, the perception was before was everything had to go to a vote, which is not necessarily true. Hard to get um, anything done if you're exactly. constantly, yeah, it can't be a perfect democracy or nothing will get done, right? Right. And so what we've done is provide this structural outline, which again, is, is filtered down into the, to the amendments that we've put in there. Mm -hmm. um, this allows the board to delegate some responsibilities and authority for programs and functions and events um, to a larger set of tiers um, that can, you know, those committees can out, we're, we're only on a board for two years. Uh, the mm -hmm. president can serve a maximum of four years uh, at any, you know, in a, in a consecutive run, they can skip a term and run again after that. But uh, um, you know, most of the board, you know, if they're elected, they could hold that position as, as long as they care to do it and they can get themselves elected. Mm -hmm. But the <clears throat> fact is that, that boards typically change over, you know, uh, some of us in two years and, and most of us in, in probably four years, um, just from simple burnout from, from what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every Every four years, you know, a new board was kind of starting over 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know the leadership had to get a hold of things again and figure out what was going on and what this does if we can if if we can structure uh, the leadership within the society um, and I'll tell you about some committees that we're we're, we're pondering right now um, that allows the the long term planning for the society and some of our events and our fun- our functions to outlive boards. And so it keeps right. the continuity going uh, on things that are important. And so it seems like in the past, if there were, if there was a groundswell for a change in something, it probably died when the, it was time to switch over the, you know, and elect a new board. And then they're looking at things the way they well, always Yeah. Probably. Probably more complicated than that, but yeah. but yeah, I, there's 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 part some of truth that. that. Okay, listeners. <clears throat> uh, again, apologies for the technical errors that we experienced during this interview portion. Uh, I do hope that we got most of uh, Rob's comments and his interesting commentary about how things are, how they got that way, and there's more to come in part two coming up in a future episode of SMP. So please stay tuned for that, listeners. Okay, that was a good part one. Now let's talk about another awesome guy, uh, namely our good friend at Sean's Custom Model Tools. Here we go. Now we're going to talk a bit about Sean's Custom Model Tools, one of our other sponsors of the Scale Model Podcast. Some very cool things, both 3D printed and the Goodman Super Sanding Blocks. Let's start with the Microset and Microsole Decal Set Bottle Stand. This is uh, purposely designed for the Microscale Set and Sole. Uh, most modelers over the years, they've tipped these bottles over. So uh, this is a very handy thing. At $14.95, you can uh, put them both together. They're printed in blue and red for easy identification. Comes with a black base, and they actually have little magnets on it, so it helps keeps them in place. Definitely a good deal. I use mine all the time, and I can well recommend them. Let's talk a bit about those Goodman Model Super Sanding Blocks, namely the Value Pack Combo for $28.99. You get the 80 grit, 180 grit, 220, 320, 400, and 600. Uh, just an amazing set. Uh, just what you need. And you can also, uh, if you want, you can also get a, a sanding, super sanding block stand for it, which also uh, really makes life a little bit easier, helps, helps things keep it organized. The other thing, too, is they have, they have the awesome model tape dispenser for uh, your various tapes it's basically a 3d printed thing you put spools of your tapes it's got a little razor blade to help uh, cut it and it's a really really good design Uh, so yeah works out really well and yours for $19.95 so check out these and other amazing deals at seanscustommodeltools.com and uh, also on facebook and tell them that the scale model podcast sent you Okay, back to our regular feature. What's on the bench? And then Terry suggested, we're also going to add a new section here. What are we reading? Because, you know, we're back into reading some stuff. And I'm trying to just to try and stay off the socials. Uh, So we're going to do what's on the bench first. And then we're going to do what we are reading. So I'll start. I haven't done much, actually. Uh, cause I finished the last, the last two projects. I'm still trying to decide what the next big one's going to be. And with Musaru Cup coming up, I'm going to see. So I've been kind of 
going back on the shelf of shame. I've got these uh, 1 to 144 Bandai TIE Fighter and the TIE Advanced. I've built the TIE Fighter, so I'm going to get that painted up or masked. i got to get it primed and then masked for the solar panels. And that's really, that's all I've been working on. I've been kind of working a little bit on the video inbox reviews because I got the uh I got the uh you know the latest stuff from 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 the purchases. Hey, Anthony did, did did you happen to see that I got a spinner from Ashima from Blade oh, Runner? I did see that very yeah, cool. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah design. that looks very good. Neat. I opened it up the other day so that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna see if I can get right OPP or or a local Canadian police decals for it. Neat. There you go. Yeah so that's what I've been working on. Uh Jeff what about you? I, I actually lots of real life stuff this week, uh, these last two weeks. I was up in my brother's cottage uh, helping him build a pergola on his boat dock, and he bought a couple of, uh, of uh, uh, submergible, thank God, racing RC <laughs> speedboats. And so what we would do is around 5 o'clock, we'd get our drinks, sit down on the dock, and try to destroy each other. <laughs> oh, dear. I hope there's some pictures. Is there is there pictures of the boats before and after? I, we don't. No, the boats are fine. It's amazing. What was so cool, because it was a bit windy, and he lives at the end of a bay, and the prevailing wind comes into bay. So you could boot out into into the prevailing wind and jump from wave top to wave oh, top. Oh, dear. And if you, and if you time fun. it right, yeah. you time it right with this thing, it'll actually tube in under the next wave and go go uh, submersible. You're supposed to get pictures, dude. Pictures. I, we're, I, I was too busy trying to control. You're the too thing. busy driving and drinking. I know. Yeah. I know. They fly. They fly. Lots of fun. But as far it's... as models go, no, I've just been continuing to work on these old uh, uh, Delta Two Savoia Marchetti S55X. You're like, you know, you're boat. like, you're like becoming the guy that likes likes to build the challenging slash crap kits, right? Just like our yeah, buddy this Adam. Is definitely. This is definitely a crap kit. I mean, yeah. but but it's uh, it's coming along. It's coming along. Lots of filler. Lots yeah. of filler. Well, th throw some picks up of that. I will. All right, Mr. Terry. Oh yeah, I um again to the hanger queens and and again to your inspirational stuff. So I started this uh, the the Hasegawa Captain Harlock's Arcadia, the green mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. years ago, right? And I I screwed a couple things up on it. And now I'm I'm coming back and fixing stuff. Uh, mostly it's it's the way the the joints the the hull joins together. So fixing that because um, I figured out how I want to paint the the lanterns on the on the uh, aft and the big the big uh, windows. You know, Anthony, it has those big long windows in the back on yes. that big wood section. That big yeah. It's like oh I think I finally figured out how I'm, how I can paint those effectively. So I'll come back to it. Uh, but I also have to get going on catalyst um, uh, uh, catalyst uh, creations uh, space academy seeker kit. I think it's a seventy second scale kit. It's big uh, and it's three D printed, and um, so it just needs a lot of cleanup. And I was doing pretty good on cleaning it up. There's the there's the nose section. Oh, very nice. Cool. So it, it'll be like seventeen inches long. Um, oh, I was doing huge. really good cleaning up the nose section. Uh, then we had, you know, Remy going and um, Jenny got a puppy. Um, I go out of town and the puppy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and this surprises you how? <laughs> so, no, I mean, the rescue, the rescue had, they, they had taken in two mama dogs and their litters. And 
a rescue kennel is no place for puppies. No, no, exactly. So we got little Toshi. He's not the biggest in his litter, but he wasn't the runt. Um, smart little guy. He's kind of in that cat phase now where he yeah. follows you around, gets upset if you go to the bathroom and close Aww. the door. And he's so <laughs> cute. The pictures you've been posting, you got to yeah. send one. And uh, the other cat phase kind of thing is he, um, when he plays, he bites. Oh, dear. And yeah, sharp little puppy needle teeth. Um, yeah, he's a cute little guy. He's another husky, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets along, he follows him around, and he He's been harassing them. It's pretty funny. And yeah, so I was going to say, what do the other dogs think? Um, Sky plays with them well until she just gets tired of it. <laughs> that's good too. He needs to yep. learn that. He has to learn limits. Yep. Yep. And Kato just steals his toys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the pictures you posted were were awesome. I'll I just like you. it's I'll those. Yeah, those ears. He's got to grow into the ears. Well, they grow so fast. I mean, they he's do. like. He's almost twice the size of we got him like three weeks ago. So well, my wife, my wife says she wants to see to more, more pictures. pictures. She I wants to, to see more. She needs to friend Ginny on Facebook. Yeah, I know. And then we'll all be in <laughs> trouble, right? Exactly. All righty. Mr. Goodman. Hey, I, I, I want to give a, a shout out to, to Terry. He was just an awesome host for our Wonderfest uh, pilgrimage there. It was great to hang out. And I got to hang out with the pups as well. They were a ton of fun. And I oh, yeah. Spent a little time with Remy as well. So I was Aww. happy about that. And yeah, it was an awesome trip. Um, yeah, get together with your friends and go on trips, guys. Yeah. And yeah. gals. It's the most fun, right? Road trips are great. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They're a lot of fun. Get, yep. Get to shake off the rust and uh, mm-hmm. get get some new perspective. But you know what? I'm calling it my hanger queen blitz now. I, I, I think I, I was calling it shelf of shame and I was beating myself up a little bit and i heard terry call them hanger queens it's like oh that's yeah. way better than shelf of shame <laughs> <laughs> so so on that note i i uh so i've been really trying to do the figures which i haven't really done a ton of and um i've been doing the figures for my malaysian ifv from bosnia so Mm. that thing is almost done i've been kind of just messing around with like a little bit of stowage and like the antenna broke off and there's a few other little finishing things but like i built a base for it and i've been really just procrastinating and sort of dreading working on the figures i just haven't done a lot of it mm-hmm. um and so i'm continuing that pattern and i've moved on to another like a high grade uh which is one to one four fourth scale gundam that was another 75 percent done uh gpo3 so it's a, an actual gundam so that I've just whipped that out to, to finish the painting. Um, and I've been touching a little bit of uh, another uh, one to one, four, four scale uh, kit, the Stark Jagan, which I had already run some wiring for and just built it up. So I was kind of messing around with a little bit of, of, uh, of that, but it's going to go back in the box. But uh, recently I've spent a bunch of time vac forming. So I bought a vac forming machine and must have mentioned that i've had it for a while yeah, you did. Yep. and the main impetus for that was this really cool moscato hobby model um kit called the cat's eye which is from macross one of my favorite subjects of all time so somebody had posted on macross world that they had that kit and they didn't they needed canopies for it and i was like oh i'm interested i have that kit um sitting on my shelf haven't touched it right and i'm and I'm sort of thinking to myself, come come to think of it, I don't know what that part looks like. I don't remember seeing it. So I open my box. There's no campies in it. So I'm like, Oops. okay. 
So now I'm doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bought, I, I watched a review of a, a particular, they're like dental forming mm-hmm. machines. Mm-hmm. That's what they're, they're like little vac form machines yep. that they're using in the dental industry. So I, I bought a good one based on a, a review I saw on Adam Savage's tested. And I started, I, I actually uh, had to contact the, the kit maker, which is uh, Neptune Models. Um, to get the bucks and he, he um happily sent them to me which was awesome and then i mentioned that all right listen on this in macross world on this post i said listen guys i'm gonna figure this out and i will send you copies for you for yourself and i'm obviously i need them too and so a few people were quite happy about that yeah so a year later <laughs> a year <laughs> later i'm messing around with them i'm trying to figure out the right there's a huge learning curve and i'm so slow yeah. anyway but it's about getting the right plastic that was the kind of that was a steep you can't just use stuff out of the the trash that's already been thermoformed once mm-hmm. i ended up getting some plastic like a four by eight sheet of plastic and cutting it the entire thing into five by five strips like five inch by five inch strips so that was a couple hours but then i started trying to figure out the timing and then i realized that i was having some issues and as a matter of fact i intended at wonderfest this this last month in june a vac forming session and finally the pieces were coming together so i i ended up i will send you guys a picture of this but i i ended up like uh re um redoing the the box so that they were gonna actually Back form better so i added vents and i got rid of the wicked undercut that came on the initial one so i had this huge learning curve i spent, I spent a lot of time trying to figure this out and cool. then i was starting to get better copies so i finally sent out a, a couple of the guys have uh canopies on the way <laughs> oh you've sent some out because nice. <laughs> you know i'm i'm so picky it's got to be like I, you know what I mean? Like yep. I, I couldn't send out one that kind of yeah. wasn't to my standard. Mm-hmm. So I re- kind of did a lot of them to kind of figure it out, but it seems to be the, t- the t- using the right material, having the buck set up a certain way. And then the timing of the heating of the plastic seems to be the big variable, which I'm not, you know, kind of hit or miss, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I spent some time on that, but now I feel very confident. Yes, I can do. I can do uh, canopies with this thing, which is kind of the whole, I mean, you can do other stuff with a vac former, but I think on the whole, it's very useful for the canopies. Right. So I've been very busy. It's been hugely cool. busy. I've been trying to get the photos and stuff to upload on the site too. So I'm, I'm, I'm in full steam ahead. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Good stuff. All righty. So uh, let's go now with what we're reading. So Terry, we're going to start with you. Sure. So, um, I'm reading another of Tom Cleaver's books. Um, my, my father-in-law served in the fourth fighter group in the eighth air force in world war two. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is his big book about that, about the eighth air force, the mighty eighth. Um, it's wow. a huge book. It is. Uh, he literally has spent a lifetime making contacts and making friends with all of these people. Uh, on both sides, on all, not both sides, on all sides of it. And going back to resources that, and he, it's fascinating when you hear these stories that like, oh, I always heard that. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That was just because somebody wrote it down and everybody's been referencing. So going back to primary references makes a huge difference. Um, and it, it, 
one thing that amazes me is U.S. was, uh, yeah, we were involved before we were officially in the war. We were ramping up industry because we knew it had to happen, right? Even though there were plenty of isolationists here. But when you think about really fighting the war, it was 42 to 45 for the U.S. Yeah. And just the vast amount of stuff that was made. These, these aircraft, because this is, this is about the air war, were essentially disposable. I mean, right. if it, it came back built to last, right? Shot to shit, yeah. it didn't matter. There was another one on the way. Now, at the very beginning of the war, that wasn't the case. But very soon, soon, remarkably soon, within a year, that was the case. You went from sending 18 B-25s to sending 180 to 300 to, you know, thousands in the air. And wow. with the fighters. I mean, just just crazy. Um, and the stories are, are amazing. Um so there's that, and then something light reading. I'm just reading on the Kindles, Fae Wars by J.F. Holmes. It's a, I love urban fantasy stuff. Um, and this is a Fae invasion of uh, modern Earth. Uh, the last time that they tried this was during the Roman Empire, and the Romans and the other empires at the time sent them packing, and things have changed now. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, kind of, it's kind of fun. Cool. All right, Anthony. Well, uh, to tie in with my figure painting um, adventure, uh-huh. I, uh, I'm reading my uh, copy of David Parker's Crew School, which is a pretty great overall resource for that. So listeners, you may remember we did an interview with uh, David when that book was coming out. It is a really fantastic book. Um, I think it may be the only book I would need. It's that comprehensive. I'm sure there's other great ones on the market as well. But it's been really good. Um, so I've been kind of just trying to get my head wrapped around as I whack it. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to get my head wrapped around the concept so it can, um, you know, attack it uh, with a bit of a plan, right? That seems to be always the key thing for new stuff is have a plan and try and try and execute, see how it goes. But I'm, I think part of my problem is that the figures aren't that great. They're older 90s Academy figures. So they're mm-hmm. a little rough, but I'm just going to try and make it make it work as best i can but yeah that's what i've been kind of thumbing through cool okay jeff over to you yeah i've been reading a couple of things i usually have about 12 books on the go at any yeah. given time um and, and right now i'm focused on two uh i picked this up at my brother's cottage because he was he had finished reading it and it's called uh, over the edge of the world and it's uh magellan's uh circumnavigation of the globe and it's a really good really detailed from original source material in Spain and Portugal uh, of that voyage. It's uh, like, I would not have survived this voyage. I can tell you right, <laughs> right flat out. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But the other thing I've got, I picked this, I, I got this book uh, in our Christmas gift exchange amongst our family. And it's, um, it's called The Body and it's by um, Bill Bryson. And I love anything by Bill Bryson, uh, who he's just got an incredibly inquiring mind and a great, uh, a great, uh, skill at writing and this is about the human body uh, and uh, and it basically tells you the current thinking and science about all the various parts of your body and how they work together and what they do and what they don't do and it's um, it's a it's great bedtime reading if you want to just read a chapter and then go to go to bed you know that's i love it so i highly recommend both of those 
Cool. Yeah, I'm kind of the same as you, Jeff. I always have a bunch on the go, either on the bookshelf or in my uh, or on my my e-reader on my phone. So um, I've just started the Victorian Internet, by that's by Tom Standage. Um, I love some of the older technology stuff, kind of a history of how they do something. So this talks about how how the telegraph system kind of came into being uh, in the 1700s in France. And it was kind of, you can see a lot of comparisons between the telegraph system and the modern day internet on how much it did and stuff like that. So I've literally just in the first chapter or two, it looks like it's good. Um, I just finished Shattered Sword on Jeff and Terry's recommendation by by Tom Cleaver. And again, uh, like you mentioned, Terry, it, it, you know, he writes weighty volumes. Like it's a big book. And this one was all about the Battle of Midway. And I highly recommend it because it's just, you know, they, they got access to some of the Japanese records and a lot yeah. of preconceived notions that you had about the battle. It's just no. The other thing I liked about it, they did a fantastic job explaining the differences between U.S. Navy and the Imperial Japanese Navy, their carrier ops, both both strategic and tactical. And it was a very interesting read and i learned an absolute ton and it was really really good and i'm gonna again i'm gonna keep an eye out for some more books by by him as well because they look really good um mm -hmm. the other one i read you know i tend to have a non-fiction one and a fiction one i tend to have and i've got this sci-fi one called to sleep in a sea of stars by christopher P Polonia. It was very, very good reviews. I'm about three quarters of the way through and I didn't really want to spoil it. But if you're into like deep sci-fi, well worth a read. Um, it's really good as well. So, yeah. So that's what's happening on the reading front. All right. Things we've seen. Uh, this came up kind of yesterday and today. There was a social media post about rumors about the Enterprise G uh, from Picard. Sorry, Jeff, there's going to be some spoilers here. From ah. episode season three, you haven't watched it too bad um, no. with a new ship. Um, so basically, round two models came back uh, and they said, here's a response from Jamie Hood. Uh, this is round two model Star Trek model kit product developer. I was at Wonderfest 2023, but I didn't have an opportunity to talk to Bill Kraus. I respect his body of work and designing the new version of the Enterprise is a rare accomplishment that I congratulate him on. Round two has a policy of only making official new product announcements when a given kit reaches certain benchmarks in our process. We've seen and heard the demand about their interest in the USS Titan Enterprise, and it will get due consideration at some point in the future. So basically what that's saying is, you know, just wait, guys. It sounds like <laughs> there could be. The other thing, too, is they could be waiting because maybe we're going to see this particular ship in a spinoff series, which I know a lot of people would like. Hmm. So, yeah, just, just you know, so just, just have, you know, don't have a cow. Like, we're getting a Cerritos. Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so again, I, I round twos again, they're very transparent. So that's 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 really good to see. Uh, and then we have, oh yeah, Terry, that Mustang of yours, it's on modeling madness. Yeah, Scott finally uh, about a month, actually maybe during Wonderfest, it popped yeah. up. Anyway, um yeah, the article he finally got to post that on Modeling Madness. Um, awesome. I sent him a lot more pictures and text, and he edited that down to his format. But it's a, it's a nice article. Yeah, it looks good. And again, beautiful it's kit a, you did. Yeah, it, I I had the pleasure of looking at that up close. It is awesome, Terry. It was yeah. a great build. All right, and I also want to mention here, Terry, you were mentioning about this. Uh, 
this uh, from Jazz Model, uh, the Valkyrie, the full photo etch model. So you sent us a link in chat, so I included that. And yeah. that is just, uh, my jaw is dropping. It's, you know, <laughs> especially well, 139 US, and you know how I love photo etch, right? So yeah, no effing way. But if you like photo etch, <laughs> you're going to like this. I'm just saying, yeah, just just insane. That's basically a good word for it, I think. Definitely. Madness. 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 Yeah, it's too bad that his standard sets for regular sets for all those other planes are out of production because they were really yeah. good. I've got a few of them. Yeah, he needs, he needs to get some more. Okay, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, so we're also sponsored by our good friends at Return to Kit Form. Uh, check out their web store, return, the number two, kitform.com. Your home for anime science fiction uh the the canopy mask basically he's got a clear oh, out yeah, on some no, of his yeah he's got a clear out on his valkyrie kits right now on sale so check out so so check out those some of his plastic kits uh so there'll be some deals there and of course you know amazing masks i've been using them for mine um i gotta double check and see what else i need for the next ones coming up and uh both 72nd and 48th and uh brent and chrissy will not steer you wrong so definitely show them some love tell them the scale model podcast sent you um any other last things before i go with the uh normal end of show stuff gentlemen no nice oh, i think back, that's guys. enough yeah so i think we've done <laughs> we've done a lot it's all anthony's fault you know that our poor, our, our poor, uh, our poor listeners' ears are going to fall off. At no, this I know point. this will be a two-hour. The next one, I like a scale model podcast because they're only about an hour and a half. It's not like super long like some of the other guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not tonight. Yeah, guys. Good luck with that. Not tonight. There's not tonight. a pause button you can use. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So the if you want to sticks beside each yeah, other, yeah. If you want to know more about those other podcasts, check them out at modelpodcast.com. Uh, as Anthony said, give us a great positive review. We really, it really does help get us out there. We have a Facebook page, we have a YouTube channel, and of course, our very own website, scalemodelpodcast.com. And that's where you can see the web's most amazing and the best model podcast show notes. We've been told that and pictures and all that good stuff. We also got merchandise now. Check us out at Red Redbubble. We have a link in the show notes. And again, you heard us talk about Patreon and buy me a coffee. We really appreciate the support to uh, bring the hosting, you know, hosting has gone up over the years. Some, uh, you know, we have to manage somewhere to put the files and all that. And we, we, we definitely try. So for episode 121, let's see if Anthony remembers his spot in the order. My name is Stuart Clark. I'm Jeff Highland. I'm Anthony Goodman. Well. <laughs> and I'm Terry Measley reminding you to follow your own inspirations. That's awesome, man. Oh, that's so moving. That's so moving. I have to find some music. Either that or don't step on. Terry, you're the best. Don't step on your own shoelaces. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. and (laughs) (laughs) Thank you and be well.